0: Well, how do you do, everybody? It's Hotline League, episode 164. And boy, am I excited to be here. There's so much to talk about tonight. Uh, because we are headed into playoffs, everybody. That's right, it is playoffs time. We're getting some playoffs action going here it's on Hotline It's
1: playoffs. Uh, Kedrill and MS, uh, LS are fighting each other.
0: Oh, uh, no. Are we doing
1: that? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think we're really doing that. It's just... <laughs> Oh, it's on Reddit right now. Right. Uh well Alienware, that thing. You know, there's there's stuff, stuff there's stuff
0: to talk about. There's stuff we won't talk about. <laughs> and, and it's most of what Mark just mentioned. Uh and then and we're gonna take all sorts of calls. Uh first off, let me go ahead and shout out to Alienware and Game Feel for sponsoring the show. Mountain Dew Game Feel. Really appreciate uh their sponsorship. Mark is my constant co-host in this here mark how's it going
1: yeah it's going pretty good uh, I'm excited for playoffs uh,
0: anything interesting happened this past week for you
1: I got a like pastry holder um, so the muffins I bake now can go right in the pastry holder and it looks like a legit cafe in my my kitchen it's pretty dope I should post a picture
0: like, okay. When I think of a legit cafe, I think of like a, like you walk in and there's like a glass sort of dome situation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Imagine that, but shrunk down to fit on your countertop.
0: Okay. And you bake muffins now? You have not mentioned this previously to me.
1: I, we, so Ashley found a recipe for these honey banana muffins. That is just dope as hell. So hold on. Let me just post to Twitter and then you can look at it. Okay.
0: Can you post it as your way of promoting the show? And like with a link saying that we've begun, because that would All be helpful. Right. At least that it I'm would just be
1: posting the link. Uh, uh, you can intro uh, Peter while we yeah, yeah. Well,
0: stuff. let's move on to our, our guest for the, the, the night, the day. The whole time loop thing has changed in the past 48 hours. Now I'm confused. Uh, Peter Dunn is here, coach for Evil Geniuses. Peter, do you want to introduce yourself and sort of your history in league esports since this is the first time you've been on the show?
2: Um, hello everyone, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm Peter Dunn. Uh, I'm the head coach of People Geniuses. I've worked in various regions before. Um, you may know me as the guy who's who was helping to coach Mad Lions to their clients' performance last year. Right. That's my most recent my most recent international performance. Um, other than that, uh, looking forward to hearing, to talking all things NA.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I, I know you from having the most clipped but insightful tweets ever you like i don't know when you started doing that but you had like these really short tweets that used like lingo that was
2: like uh, remember that okay so so four years ago five years ago uh, like i i misqualified for worlds um so i did uh, like one tweet summaries of all the games uh, <laughs> yeah um, like just summarize every single game and then did a second tweet of something interesting happened uh but yeah wow well, i've completely forgotten i used to do this
1: yeah, and they were so, like, I don't know, you had to, because to, I think this was back when it was, like, 140 characters, too. Yes, so you'd yes. summarize a game <laughs> in the 140 characters, and it was, like, almost unreadable, unless, like, you just filled in words on your own for, like, what you were saying. It was, it was really fun. Yeah?
0: I just realized that I really, like, your tweet is so awful and will drive no traffic <laughs> Like to this mark, <laughs> dude. But Compared to the normal ones you do, that... where it's a screenshot of the, of the stream and like you're like in all capital letters with some clickbait and all that stuff, this is uh, atrocious.
1: I disagree. I already have three people replying. It's like more engagement. Can, in you, this can time frame you? Do than you, you have the get. the
0: thing where you can look at your Twitter, anal- like individual Twitter analytics? Right, view tweet activity. Do you have that? Uh, yeah. Okay, so how many people have clicked the link that you put in it? Versus like last week's
1: uh, link clicks two. all right. <laughs> <Cool. gonna look laughs> so I think I, can't I believe think the fact that you've had two minutes. people
0: click it. <laughs> is, hold on. Hold on. Uh,
1: I just it's I got to compare it to the other ones. Okay. All
0: right. Astro's edge in Twitch chat right now says please upload these to Spotify. And I can only imagine Astro's edge. <laughs> like I'm not trying to call it Astro's edge, you know, but I'm yeah, going it's... to anyway. Like Astro's edge must have come to this channel and typed, please upload these to Spotify, having done zero search whatsoever on Spotify, because I'm pretty sure since, like, we're on episode 164. I'm pretty sure since episode eight, these have been on Spotify. And, uh, I'm just, I see that stuff sometimes, and it just, I, it blows, it blows my mind. All right.
1: The Emily Rand one had 181 link clicks by the end of the night, so... We're going to go find out exactly how many uh, – just a picture of my, like, kind of cafe setup. Because
0: there's not even – like, the thing is that people miss even the fact that there's a link there. They just see the muffins. Like, I don't even – I the just – I saw, like
1: the... – Flickery dickery doc, these tweets are sure to rock, tweeted 12 <laughs> seconds ago. Oh, wait. This means Hotline League is on. Thanks, Mark Zimmerman. Yeah. Mission that, accomplished. That
0: person came here from my <laughs> Twitch chat and uh... – <laughs>
1: And Everyone go click the link to fuck with the analytics as a <laughs> Whatever
2: yeah. that is, that's an awesome Twitter
0: name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, let's get into so first off, maybe we ask Peter a couple questions about coaching AG. Mark, yeah. yeah. I don't sure. know if you uh serious. Let's... You want to throw any his way at the start after you've tweeted your muffins.
1: Uh I mean I would just like to hear a little bit about like how NA has been coaching here. I mean, I know you you had a It's like three weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you had an interview and stuff I think I saw on the front page of Reddit not too long ago as well talking about this. But in case anyone missed it, just like, how's it been here as like a scene and then also like with EG uh, in particular?
2: It's been great. I mean, I feel like I've been misled about the climate in California. Um, It's been (laughs) cold and raining for the entire time that I've been here, um, which is a good thing for me as a Brit. Um, I mean, all I can say is, you know, I've, I've been here for, for three weeks, it's really great to meet meet the guys. I mean, obviously we have a roster full of veterans, so um, it's mainly been about, uh, rather than pure teaching, it's been partly down, partly coaching, partly negotiation for how we're going to um, play a single game style when all of these kind of veteran players have all of their competing styles for how they got to play the game. So, it's been fun. But also been working with amateur and academy who had their their series today um, wasn't wasn't the greatest series It was decided at level one in both games and both games ended in 25 minutes uh, but it's been fun working with those guys too so I'm really glad to be here. It's been hard working from Europe because the delay um, between in communication kind of made it impossible to be review and that kind of thing so yeah Mark did you know him.
0: he he only got here around the same time as Proxa he, he his like visa issues paralleled. Like the brox and stuff
1: i didn't follow as closely as when he got here i knew for lock-in and through like the first week peter wasn't with the yeah. team but i i didn't know when he exactly got in
2: uh i ride the same day as boxer basically um but uh, obviously i you know i can still coach i just can't do you know team coaching it's just uh, yeah one-to-one coaching and analyst and scouting and that kind of thing. yeah
1: how have you worked much with uh kelsey directly
2: uh, Kelsey and I talk quite a lot, uh, just in general. Um, but it's yeah, it's been it's been good working with her. Um, she's she's mainly doing stuff on the collegiate and the amateur and the academy side. So so she doesn't do anything with the main team. Uh, but yeah, we we, we work together um, a lot, especially especially with academy and amateur. Um, it's it's been really great working with her.
0: You you tweeted something yesterday. Somebody tweeted at you and was like, "What's it?" What's it like to work with? Hang on, I, I need to go find this. What's it like to work with a player who like? Oh, how do you coach a player that runs it down mid? You said sorry, no idea. I've never had a mid laner who plays like this before. Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> so- the only the only two the the two the only two mid laners I've worked with in the past three years have been humanoid and Juzuke, and neither of those fit that archetype. So okay. I'm afraid I just don't have the experience in this area. To help yes. I don't
1: know. He did get first blooded in a unbreakable record uh, in the CLG game. I don't think it's physically <laughs> possible to die faster in a pro game than, than that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was very impressive. I mean, I, like, I'm i I'm, I'm impressed. But, I mean, the key thing is that CLG don't win any games where they get first blood, right? So he was just... Oh! Tactical end. Oh, it was, it was yeah. how
0: quickly could he get... I see... Yeah. I see well, we, wouldn't,
2: we wouldn't we wouldn't want to accidentally have you know, so go and invade and you know get a kill on, on the on First buff so he was yes. just securing the win. We needed a win nice going to
0: Genius, okay um, Well, i'm sure a lot of people have more questions for Peter as as the night goes on uh, But a couple different things. So now we have our six teams We know when they're going to be playing uh, folks can go over to—I'm not going to pull all of it up—but people can go over to com to see the schedule. Um, and <laughs> excuse me, in the bracket. Uh, what's interesting is that there's a format change now. For so, and by the way, it's not—it's actually they've renamed it. It's no longer Spring Split Playoffs. It's now uh, mid—what is it? Mid-season series, Mark?
1: Mid- mid-season showdown.
0: Showdown. That's right. And, uh, and and previously, I think what would have happened is we would have had like a, well, like an EG dig matchup, I think, to start things like that. We wouldn't have started with the spicy matches. No offense, Peter. Uh, we would have, but now we're starting with TL, TSM, C900. These are starting uh, in the upper bracket, which I think is very interesting. So. Uh, we get like straight into some really crazy games, especially that TSMTL game, because I think a lot of people are curious. Like, I think a lot of people project C9 into the finals, and they're curious who's going to join them there. So that'll be fun. Um, uh, wait, was it this exact same last time, Mark? What? People no, are saying that the schedule and everything was the same last time.
2: There were eight teams last time, no?
0: Well, for spring.
1: In spring, there was six.
0: But did are they, they have the schedule start within the upper bracket like this?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I would need to look back, but I'm pretty sure it's it's the same, yeah.
0: I mean, so Sherman says it's a very similar format to last year. So I'm going to say that there are some changes. Um, and uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm excited by the little changes that they made to make it even well, better. So I'm year.
1: pretty sure there were three games a week. And it was over three weekends. I, I think there's two games a week and it's over four now. Maybe I'm crazy? I, I could be crazy.
2: I mean all, all I say is it's fantastic for us. We get fourteen days before we have to play our first game. And we don't <laughs> have to play we don't have to play Dignitassi with zero two against this season. I love so, you know, it was...
0: I love this new format,
1: but he dodged them. That's that's why you guys went for six. You knew they were gonna end up fifth. Yeah.
2: And... We'll, we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it to cloud 100 Thieves.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Regardless. Uh, so we've got that uh, We can take a bunch of calls on that who who? How, how do people think the games are gonna go this weekend and the strength of the different teams? obviously EG questions for Peter and then uh, I think what's fun about this this show which we get once or sorry twice a year is I have not cast my votes for MVP or all pro uh, or I guess like coaching staff Maybe Peter can convince me that AG deserves coaching staff. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Mark, have you cast yours yet?
1: No. Uh, okay. With the dive and all this stuff going on, and we have meetings today, I just don't have time.
0: Uh, and uh, and Peter, I don't know. Have you ca- you ca- you vote? I assume.
2: Yeah, we vote.
0: Okay, and you haven't probably not cast yours yet. No, haven't cast it. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say, hotline league callers. You have in this moment, build our ballots. You have in this moment the chance to sway, make arguments, convince us, any, you know, just uh, let us know. Like maybe, maybe we're wrong in our assumptions. I don't think we can say where we're leaning at or how we're going to vote because uh, you're not supposed to reveal how you're voting. But you can call in right now and make your argument for why you think X player deserves to be MVP or on the all team or whatever coaching staff, et cetera. So I think that's also really fun because, um, Obviously, starting soon, that will start to get revealed. So, uh, that's that's how the show will go. Anything? Oh, Mark, I I don't know. Anything else we want to talk about?
1: No, I already pulled some people for some playoff predictions. Pulled some stuff about you know talent development. Uh, oh, you're MVP. already pulling people. I'm 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 pulling them right away. I don't want to I don't want to keep Peter waiting. Okay. I want to look professional. I don't think I've actually ever talked with Peter. It, like. Like you guys have literally never spoken and stuff, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we've ever, we've ever met and talked or anything.
2: It it, it was funny, but but maybe, maybe you're right. I just have to say that I apologize because of the weird angle, the camera's at my second screen with all the chat is literally over there. So if you see me like looking at that direction, that's what I'm doing. I'm not ignoring. Uh,
1: Don't worry, I'm always playing with my cat So I don't think anyone is going to be like Oh my god, (laughs) rude Peter
0: Oh, you know one thing that got announced Today um, That I I forgot about because I didn't get An email ahead of it putting me under embargo Um, And so clearly It wasn't big enough information that Riot felt like They should should do that But uh, the Finals are going to take place At the Theater here in L.A.
1: That was in the announcement, wasn't it? It's on Reddit.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: That's
0: cool. I'm saying, I'm saying, I had almost forgotten when we were listing off things that got announced recently. Oh, the wow. mid-season showdown, uh, actually having a live finals, not not that people can. There's no audience, but at the Greek Theater here in Los Angeles, I think is uh that's that's cool. Yeah. They're gonna do it across Saturday and Sunday for I guess the two days.
2: I mean, it's super cool. Like, the, the emerging regions uh, kind of showed up, I think, the major regions last year no, because uh, Brazil had their finals on, like, a massive skyscraper in the middle of Sao Paulo with, like, isolated blocks on top of, like, some insane building with helicopters filming it. Uh, and I think Russia, I think the Russian finals, they had, like, a pirate's cave set up. I can't remember the exact thing, but it was that was pretty yeah. awesome too. So, so now, we, now we get, like, spectacle in North America. It's great.
1: It's I'm it. almost positive that that was was that summer or spring cuz I remember people were memeing the shit out of the LCS during that time for like getting out, outproduced by by CB lol cuz the gin shot thing one of their things had that insane gin shot too where there's like the guy on stage doing the snipes I think that was CB lol I don't know there was a lot yeah, of cool yeah. stuff last year
2: Yeah Brazil always has insane shows like the 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 finals in Brazil always have the most ridiculous openings so
0: Well, either way, I'm excited for it. I mean, this will be, to my knowledge, the first time that we have players sitting in on on a stage for over a year now. So I think that's really exciting. And I also, you know, I'm really curious. I hope Riot is able to do something really cool. Presumably, not having an arena full of of fans creates some sadness. You know, it's like okay, well, you can't get the cheers and all that stuff, but. Maybe you, you can do some really cool visuals. Uh, you can do some neat sort of takeover of that area of the like theater eat, and like show some cool stuff. The
1: Gappies just fill the arena with
0: virtual garbage. versions of Sherman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'll be great. Um, anyway, I think that's going to be unsc- I pull just colors? exciting to see that. Yeah, should we take our first? Should we bring in our first color?
1: Sure. Uh, I guess I will spam Discord in twitch chat for people who have never seen this before uh it's a live call and show you can go ahead click the discord link when you get there go join the pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channel put your takes and your topics up in the pleb topics text channel if i like it i'll pull you into the waiting room we'll hang out we'll do a quick audio check when it's your turn and then we'll pull you into the on-air room
0: and uh if you are a sub thank you first off for being a sub uh, be sure to sync your discord in your twitch chat so that you can get access to the sub topics channel which uh, moves a little slower and does give you, um, you know, a d- bit of a decent chance of, of getting into the call. Uh, while we're waiting on Mark to come back, which, by the way I need to pull up this so that I can see. Okay. While we're waiting on Mark to come back, uh, some sub shoutouts. Uh, thank you to Ventus Official, uh, Bomber X, Pilgrim Panda, Flick Nickem. Uh, I love you chat uh, iron scrub vaults and Spencer Neutron Squirtle squad is here squirtle squad. Welcome back to the show you've been on before yes
3: No, I'm actually I, I'm another guy named Squirtle squad right?
0: There's a different squirtle squad.
3: I mean, it's the squirtle squad dude. Yeah, There's yeah squad. it's just it's just one of the squad Come on. Oh, Travis. okay.
0: Okay. Sorry. I thought that Previously the caller had been the entire squad. I did not realize this was an indiv- individual Squirtle from the squad Uh, Where are you calling from?
3: Uh, Shardsville, Virginia.
0: Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show?
3: So here's your, so Mark and Travis and Peter, if you haven't chosen your MVP, your MVP is Alfari. My boy Barney Morris. Um, I think it's hard to see Liquid succeed without Alfari just from the eye test. I think the (laughs) biggest thing that he does is he just like gets ahead, either with Santorin or not, and then moves around the map to help the team. I have stats, actually, to back it up. I took the five minutes to actually research just on, on stats. So for him, he has the highest gold difference at 15. It's 905 gold. The next closest is Huni at 209. He has high CSD at 15 and 16. The next highest is Impact at six. He has the highest solo kills at nine at, he has high solo kills. Um, he has basically the highest KP, 68% second highest to Impact, who's also, you know, a good player too. And he has also the highest KDA for top laners in the league. Contrast that to Blabber, who's like the jungler, that's kind of in the running. Um, his, his CSD at 15 is tied with Santorin. His goal difference at 15 is 442 versus 381 of Santorin, so pretty even there. His KP is second, which is cl- it's close to closer, who has 76%. And the, basically the best thing that Blabber dominates in is XT difference at 15 and first blood percentage, but he's also second highest in KDA to Santorin. So I think Alfari just hands down has the best stats in the league, he's the best top player in the league, and he definitely deserves your MVP votes.
0: MVP votes? what uh well you made an argument for all pro top laner right if if you're saying that he's like the best top laner but i don't i don't know oh i guess you mentioned the other stats as well i i it's it's harder i feel like when you're comparing across that stuff i don't mark what do you think uh
1: i mean i think it sounds like from what i heard in the community and stuff that the two main candidates that people are discussing are blaber and alfari um i think both them like, I haven't dug in and done my, like, full research, but my initial leaning is towards Blabber. Uh, I think his dominance over the rest of the jungle position for most of the split was pretty incredible. Um, Alfar has obviously been been incredible in the top lane as well. Um, but I felt like I saw Blabber just take over games pretty consistently. Um, and have a larger effect on the games that C9 was winning Uh, I think Alfari is incredible obviously he's the best top player in the league he'll be my all pro vote uh, almost hands down um, to all those stats that you referenced but I'm gonna eventually go back through and look at some of the wins and losses and be like exactly how much are they doing in each of them Um, and I feel like sometimes it's not even necessarily Alfari's fault I felt like sometimes this team was not playing around him perfectly or like messing up some of the stuff Uh, you know, like that game where they absolutely slammed impact, for example uh, through like ganks in the top lane. And then like zero four impact ends up being better. It's like, who was calling for them to dive impact the fifth time at like the inner turret when dragon is up and like some of those kinds of calls, which is like, that's not really Alfari's fault. And I'm not going to hold that against him, but like, there's a, num- there's a number of those kinds of plays where I- I'm a little up, like, God, God damn it, Team Liquid. So, I don't know. I'd have to relook at some of the losses and some of those wins and kind of reevaluate him because right now my early vote's for-, for Blaber.
2: I mean, I've got a simple question, which is how many top laners get as many support rooms as Afari gets? I mean, it's it's absurd, right? Like, I mean, if you were asking me who's MVP, I think Afari isn't even the number one candidate on his team. I think it's core. Like, I mean, core... You just look at the recent game we played against them, Them, who's the person who's top lane blowing Jizuki's flash, it's it's cool. He's there at seven minutes, he's there blowing the flash, who's the person who's roaming top? The first time we go and play Team Liquid, it's, it's called JJ, he's the one who's helping them dive, impact all those times. Um, uh, so I mean, for, for me, it's like, I mean, I, I, th- I normally err towards giving giving the award to somebody who's on the best team, who's Blabber. And if you're asking me who who's the one who's giving off his leads, it's um, call JJ in the harder matchups. No, not in the matchups where he's just killing people one deal, but in matchups where top lane is unfavorable or or going even. I would also say that he gets the most counter-pick of any top laner in the league, I think. Except maybe revenge. I think revenge make him more. So that should factor into
1: it. Yeah, I think like, um, even like for example, just because it's fresh in my memory, the game where he Gnar into the the it was gp into the NAR, right the 100 thieves game that just happened yeah. Santora went up there and they had a ton of free easy dives as well to help snowball him and like i don't want to it's one of those things like i don't know who's calling for it. you know like is alfari just setting up the waves perfectly and being like hey Santorin, and after you finish you know you're clear this is gonna crash at the perfect time just swing behind and like hey core jj if you can get out of lane yada 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 um so I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm with you on Blabber's going to be my vote. The, the who on Team Liquid should get the MVP votes though is, is an interesting discussion because I feel like everyone has kind of defaulted to Alfari because of, I think, some of the lane leads that he gets, whether or not, you know, that's all him or, or those, those roams that you're talking about.
2: Yeah, uh, but I mean, the interesting thing is, like, everyone is saying Tactical is having an awful split that's up for debate whether that's true or not but if tactical is having an awful split and your bot lane is always ahead i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's only one possible conclusion right uh so either tactical is not having an awful split or poor is just that good
1: yeah you can lead a horse to water but
0: <laughs> sketch 2622 in chat says is there a reason only emily has mentioned poe uh and then oh, acute, I was... later accused Twitch chat or the analyst desk of hating TSM.
1: So I was about to bring that up to Peter. Is like, do you think there's a MVP candidate on TSM? Because we, we were talking about this on the dive today and trying to be like, you know, is it Sword Art or POE of of the TSM players? Because even even if you're not saying, you know, this is my actual main MVP vote, you have three votes, right? You do for a second, third. And so assuming you're not doing two on one team, you know, it sounds like, we're both blabber and then maybe a Team Liquid player. And then you probably are voting for a TSM player. So who, who would you, or I, I threw out even FBI or something for 100 Thieves. Impact could be one. Uh, what do you think of, about, about a TSM MVP candidate? And then, like, who would it be if, if you're going to do it?
2: So the interesting thing on this is, you know, it's often hard to see how a team plays, right? But PoE teams always tend to play in a similar way. And Sword Art teams, well, Not all all Sword Art teams, but some Sword Art teams, especially Swinning, seem to play in this particular way, right? And the question is, do TSM play more like a Sword Art team or more like a PoE team? And in my opinion, they play more like a Sword Art team, right? I mean, they don't play. This is not a TSM that play like um, FlyQuest played last year. It's not a a team that plays like, um, uh, I mean, is it fair to bring up old CLG? I mean, they were pretty good, right, when PoE was on CLG?
1: Yeah, they made they made third and almost made worlds. Yeah. Uh, so I I mean they were they were good not like world class exactly yeah. but they were good.
2: Yeah. I mean their map map setups were a particular way, right? Uh, and those are kind of what I call POE team POE map setups, team map setups and now they play like a sold out team. So I mean POE looks individually more impressive. Um, I don't know whether it's coaching staff thing. I don't I don't know whether it's uh, it's an individual shot thing. I don't know who's leading review. But from the outside, it looks like Sword Art is turning TSM into how... Into... I'm going to say a super controversial opinion here, but turning TSM into a worse version of Sydney, Um <laughs> compared to last year. I can't um, tell if it's a compliment or not.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I think he deserves, he deserves credit for it.
1: Um, It's interesting, too, because Sword Art got super flamed through the first week, somewhat justifiably for, for really struggling. In those like first couple games, he had a lot of mechanical errors and their dives looked terrible and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when you talk about the style that they've taken on, there are a lot of roams out of Sword Art. You know, Lost is, you know, they're not playing through bot lane. They're, uh, he's, he's roaming quite a bit. But, like, it's hard for me to overlook some of those early games from Sword Art to... Uh, when because when I vote MVP, I'm usually less like this is the most important player for their team, and I, I try and be like, what did this guy do, in over the course of all 18 games, kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah,
2: and I agree with you. Like individual performance matters. Like I mean, I wouldn't flame anyone for putting Alfari as their like number one choice, right? Like Alfari has looked individually insanely impressive, right? Like that, that's not mince words here. But, yeah. but it's just when when I'm looking for the MVP, generally I know these players from a long way back, uh, unless it's like a new rookie. Uh, and kind of seen how the roles that they played in the same team uh, and how teams have played around them. And it's just interesting seeing how some teams, you know, how this TSM has chosen not to play like a typical POE team. I mean, maybe they'll change in playoffs who knows. As...
0: Squirtle, I mean, what do you think of of all this? Because it feels like you were like, it seemed as though you thought Alfari was the for sure candidate, but seems like our, our lineup is unconvinced. And Mark even going so far as to basically say he's looking at Blabber as his.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think stats are like one thing, but I think MVP is like more like also a visual thing of like what people see. Um, I think I agree with Peter. Like, I think, I mean, J is actually insane, so um, the fact that like, there's still 2v2 killing. I mean, honestly, I'm a big TL fan, but it, <laughs> it, um, the fact that, that, that Team Liquid is still winning like bot lane 2v2s that, that Peter pointed out, like even though Tactical is like low-key running it down, I think like shows how good Core is. Um, so I think, I think that'll maybe hurt like Far if he splits votes with Core or in general. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know I'm fine with either TL player player getting, I think TL has like the best roster and they're probably going to just throw out the whole, um, mid season showdown, um, coming up. So
0: why should blabber not get it?
3: Well, I mean, I think the only thing I can say is like stats wise, it's pretty similar to other junglers in the league. Um, like that's, that was what I was looking forward to say. Why not blabber? Um, but I do agree blabber does take over games. So he's really good. So I don't know.
1: Pretty good. I mean, I will push back a little bit on the blabber. stats are close to other junglers. Um, he has 3.1 kills and assists at 15 on average in a game. The next closest is Santorin at 2.2. And this is like, you heard a lot of junglers complaining that this is support diff meta. Um, and like, oh, it's, it's a lot of power farming, you know... For a while, they're like just got full clear and do objectives. Like a lot of people were talking about stuff like that, but Blabber was still an a- and is still an absolute monster in the early game and finding kills. His ganks are really efficient. Uh, he will just fuck up the other jungler as hard as he can when whenever he sees the opportunity to. Like, I I think he is uh, an absolute monster. <laughs>
0: uh, well, Squirtle Squad, anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller?
3: No, thanks, guys. Appreciate okay. it.
0: Have a good one. All right, off Mark goes to find our next friend. Uh, thank you to Spencer Neutron for three years. Uh, Jaffe58 for the one year, Averro for 23 months, uh, Chavule Quiblo lacrosette for a year, and uh, Peter Exponer, thank you. We got Rahulio that? am I saying that right?
4: Uh, Rojo, Leo.
0: Just Rojo is fine. Rojo. Okay. <laughs> I tried to pronounce it with like an accent and get fancy. fancy and. Um, all right. So we'll, Rojo, where are you calling from?
4: Uh, Red Oak, Texas.
0: Red Oak, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show?
4: Uh, I want to talk about the idea of um, player development kind of being a symptom of a problem rather than the problem itself. So I think that Staffing and coaching development should be the main focus of teams rather than just player development, because you have to have someone to develop the player before the player can be developed.
0: Gotcha. Do you think, do you find uh, all the current coaching staff in the LCS to be disappointing?
4: No, not at all. Um, I just think that it's kind of unfair for some coaches like Bjergsen, who if given time maybe would be an incredible coach but he's just kind of thrown into the head coach position. Um, Or like another example would be Mithy who stepped down from a head coaching position.
0: Well, so, so Mithy intentionally, like I did an interview with him earlier this year, he intentionally stepped down from the head coach position cause he decided he wasn't, it seemed as though he, he felt like he wasn't ready for that kind of like mm-hmm. on, on his shoulders again. So, um, I don't know if that helps your point or if you think if you're i I think that
4: if he was given the the time under another coach or given time um as support rather than as the head coach he would be a great coach now and he would probably feel more confident in the head coaching position
0: gotcha so maybe the idea is that we're rushing people into head coaching roles you you would argue perhaps that um, moon or galen for clg similar situation like Maybe he helped a little bit with the academy team, but we're we're putting a lot of, of people, perhaps players, into head coaching roles. Do you feel like it, we're doing it too quickly? Yes. Okay. the The only question I have for you is, like, then are there? Do you feel like there's a lot of other candidates that are ready for that head coaching role? Like, who? Because you obviously, like, on TSM, you have to have somebody else in that role before Bjergsen gets there. So, would you just have like I don't know Parth there?
4: Um, I mean, that's obviously a difficult. Question and I guess my my take is very like long-term focused rather than just hey Just solve the problem now and just ship uh, clip it and ship it. But um, Yeah, I, I actually don't know how you'd solve the short-term
0: Gotcha, okay well um, So so generally just summing up the whole thing the head coach role we have too many people that aren't ready for it yet and we need to give some of these folks more time to develop before they're in that head coaching role. And that's one of the things that are is slowing the development of Vinay.
4: And across just not just the head coaching, but just in general, being really intentional about making coaches rather than kind of shifting them
2: into the coaching position.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. OK, well, Peter, let's it to you because you, you've obviously coached for some time
2: yeah i mean i i agree i agree um i had to check myself just before i was going to say this because i think of my response because i was going to say asian teams but that's actually not technically true some asian teams kind of divide this between two roles right they have like a a head coach and they have like a strategic coach right and the strategic coach is the guy who goes on stage he's the guy who does the draft he's the guy who needs review and the head coach it's not like the head coach has no power at all in review He, he he will help individual people but the head coach's role is kind of to be a generalist and he has to have game knowledge and he has to you know to understand how to moderate discussion and all of this but what he's there for is to enable the guy who's the strategic coach right? and the strategic coach is there and he can have more specialized specialized knowledge you know right like it's it's possible that as a strategic coach you're like 10 out of 10 in one or two areas but it doesn't matter if you're four in other areas because the head coach is going to be there covering for you right um and i think as we see more sort of sophisticated coaching setups happen we talk about kind of how a team Works together on stage. How you know you, you need to balance a team. You know you have a high resource player, so you need a weak side player, right? Um, and I think you're going to see that in coaching staff as well, right? Like we talk about how how to balance a, a playing a on on stage uh, roster, but you also need to balance how your coaching staff works. You can't just have all these people who are um, specialists in communication and conflict resolution and nobody who has in game knowledge. Same same token, you can't have everyone who's a specialist on in game knowledge as well. Right? You need to have a balance. And sometimes if you have only people who are specialists in game knowledge, you don't have, um, somebody has to go out in a role that's not the most convenient for them, right? Because they have to fill another type of role. Um, so I think as, as, as coaching and development goes on uh, and develops, we, you're going to see more kind of sophisticated approaches. From my approach, I think you, yeah, I, I think like you can't expect there to be insane talent development, especially with young players. Unless you have unless you invest in your academy coaches I mean it's just common sense right like a, academy matters more than than LCS because in LCS you have veterans who can who can who can take over a lot of that coaching responsibility for the newer players but who's going to do that in academy I mean you need a coach right
1: I think uh, to that point though um, about the different roles that coaches can have because uh, the caller sound like you know you need to invest in a coach who's going to teach the younger players whereas I don't think that's necessary for improvement. Obviously, it's great if you have some ex-pro who's going to be able to, like a reign over, like re- lead these guys, or a West Rice who seem really important for C9's development. Um, but I think having just a really good environment for these players to play in, and making sure that you have someone who has conflict resolution skills, like you're saying, that can, when the players start butting heads on how to approach the game and what they should be doing and this kind of stuff, having someone who can who can guide that discussion so it doesn't evolve in the way that, you know, like Lena was sharing a story on the subreddit about, you know, Hanser and Reggie playing a 1v1 if Hanser should play more Gragas and solo queue, you know, like having systems and roles in place, like you don't necessarily need someone to tell you how to play Gragas as much as sometimes you just need someone who can get the team moving in the right direction. And so to the caller's point, like, yeah, you should invest in your coaches who can um, guide that development just as much as you should find someone who can actually give you the right answers to game-related questions as well. Um, And sometimes it takes longer, it feels like, to find people who I, I, like, I guess there's more people who can fill the conflict resolution role from outside the league ecosystem or who can bring that experience who also play league versus like you need specifically a really high level player who also understands 5v5 competitive yeah. or maybe they're specialized in, in a single lane or whatever but I feel like that knowledge is, is maybe a little bit harder to find.
2: P- Peter ha- oh go ahead. Uh, no sorry uh, but I agree but also it's, it's worth saying that if you are somebody who's had a successful playing career you should naturally have an advantage over somebody who's just coming in fresh but there are a lot of like players who even you look at conventional sports you look at soccer you know you have players who were star players in their time who who knew what they wanted from their teams who who could give their teams an identity somebody like Johan Cruyff in football, and who turned out to be very good coaches as a result, right? Um, and, but at the same time, you also have players, um, people like Mourinho, who don't really have that kind of a, a high-level playing background. So, I mean, you can you can get these kind of things from from all areas. Um, so, I mean, I think we have to be careful going too far in saying, you know, people outside of the game are the people where you need those soft skills stuff but you can get people inside the game too. Going, uh, go- yeah. Okay.
0: So. Going back to the caller's take though, which is about development of coaches, I mean Peter, how Peter Ormark, I mean Mark, you were on the coaching in a coaching role previously, how do does an org develop its coaches and are the LCS orgs doing enough to develop them?
1: I mean, this I, I can say what I did back in the day, and I mean, I don't think I was fucking reinventing the wheel or anything. Um, but I was always looking for people to hire Um, and I know it's a pretty scummy tactic that people hate about uh, you know hiring people on the cheap and being like hey show me some portfolio do maybe a little bit of volunteer work but we didn't have a ton of resources at the time not like my salary was that big back then Uh, and so you know I had a team of people who I would give projects to and see who impressed me and I would work with and Mentor in some capacity, uh, like on what I wanted to see different and done, and share how I was approaching the game and trying to fix problems and that kind of stuff. And some of those people are still like in the scene, I, like not like I made their career, I'm just saying, like, I was, I think, the first person to hire them. Like TK, who is still with Team Liquid, David Lim was a basketball coach before we hired him, and I forget, he's in Europe now, I think. Um, I don't know, he's, he's, he's coached for a long time now, though. Um, so like. You know, I I don't think I did anything that crazy, but I think to develop coaches, you just have to hire them, work with them the same way you do it with players, and, you know, give feedback on what they're doing right and wrong. Listen to the players, ask your players what they think of this person. Like, I don't know. I I don't think it's some insane regiment that you have to do.
2: I I agree with you, but I think if you're a head coach, like, I think head coaches often, so one of the most important person on your staff is your academy head, head coach. If you're like a head coach for an LCS team, the guy who's leading your academy team, they better have like, like you better invest time in them because if they're not doing a good job, then how's your talent development pipeline coming up? How do you know that they're even being taught to play the game in the same way, right? Like it's, I think it's really important that you spend time investing in those people. And I mean, for me, like uh, when I joined Splice in 2018, right, we interviewed 96 people. Uh, thankfully, for um, for eg, we only interviewed twenty two people, um, but but like I, I literally interviewed every single person who gave me a cold message on on Twitter, like every single person. Uh, and I wouldn't say the Duke of Mac, who were the two people we hired, we ended up hiring uh, to be like strategic and assistant coach, were the two best, but they were the two people who showed that they had a clear plan for improvement and like who who were just. You know, academically smart, like had a good plan for. Were self-disciplined. Were were like, you know, they they realized what their flaws were and they had a good plan for how they were going to continue to improve. Right, and obviously they're both now head coaches in LEC and doing a really good job. So I'm I'm, I'm glad with those guys. Um, yeah, but for 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 EG, I mean. From my perspective, like there's a lot of there's a lot of work, that eg, does into collegiate, and there's a lot of time that I spend talking to collegiate coaches, and I'm just going to tell you that sure, you know, some of it is because I want to help other people in the scene, but it's also selfish, right? Like I want to see who the next great <laughs> coaches are and to get them before anyone else does. Um, so, so yeah, so so I, I think it's possible. Uh, I think you have to develop people, and I I don't think it's a case of just finding somebody who's a good player and developing them although it can be that that is one approach you can you can be because if you've been a good player you've you can demonstrate that you understand the game right which means that you're at least not going to do harm in that
0: peter and, and mark just final question on this for for the caller's take are lcs orgs not doing enough to develop their coaching stuff
1: I mean, I've been out the game long enough that I don't fucking really know what teams are specifically doing behind the scenes. I mean, I talk to some coaches, um, but usually when you talk about – as a broadcast analyst, usually when you talk to a team about what's what they're up to and this kind of stuff, it's more about LCS stage and how are the players and this kind of stuff. You rarely ask, like, what are your initiatives uh, for leveling up your coaching staff? Uh, I feel like, you know, we we talked to Papa about that kind of stuff, I guess. but.
2: I mean, from from my perspective, like I, I spoke to, like I said, I interviewed twenty two people for the kind of the the role that Turtle uh, has on our on our coaching staff now, and I asked them, like, what what does an org, what can an org do to help you become the best version of yourself, right? Because you know we spend we spend a lot of the interview talking about how you would develop players. So one of the questions I like to ask is how can how can we as an org develop you? And like twenty of those people had never had the org do anything for them. And, I, and, you know, my follow-up question was like, well, I mean, you've worked with a head coach, no? So, what did they do for you? And he was like, oh, he said hello to me and talked with me over lunch like one or two days a week. And, I, I mean, I'd, maybe I just interviewed the wrong people. My, my default answer to this is from what I've seen so far, the answer is no, right? Like, I mean, people are just not investing enough in, in developing their stuff. And I don't necessarily mean money. I mean, like, time, right? Yeah. But, Bear in mind that I've talked to a small sample of people many of those people didn't have teams right so maybe it was maybe it was just a, the wrong sample of people um but obviously like I can just say from EG's perspective that's incredibly important like the, when I when I was interviewed with EG I said that this is the you know here's here's my um how we're going to develop players and how we're going to scout and develop players but here's how we're going to scout and develop coaching stuff and you must have but you can't have one it's not going to work if you only do it one way So that's
0: my answer. I'm going to go with no. LCS teams are not doing (laughs) enough, especially based off what Peter said. And like Kelsey's in the chat. She says that a lot of uh, times Academy, like the coaching staff was fairly fractured where it's like Academy is just told to just go and do stuff. I don't hear too often about like, hey, we went to like this coaching seminar or we, you know, this team really did a lot to like help make me a better coach i just don't ever hear that stuff so i'm not saying i'm sure some orgs do a better job of it than others but i would bet a lot of them are just like all right we hired this coach make our team better um and by the way that's not to say that i i bet you a lot of other regions have the same issue right like it's a very immature sport so i don't think that we're at a pl- place yet where there's we can we can be good about this um but i i think it's definitely true that we're probably not doing much to develop our coaches.
2: Rojo, could thank you. Have, oh yeah. So I just want to add one thing. But the, I agree with everything Travis said, but also it's worth saying that in Europe, they have natural selection, right? They have EU masters and they have like, how many, 80, you know, amateur level, academy level teams where you can prove yourself as a coach, right? Whereas in North America, we don't have that. So where's your talent pipeline for coaches coming from, right? So it's not a, it's not as much of a problem in Europe as it is in North America for instance because you can just say look at all these teams that I coach look at all the success I found in the Dutch League the Spanish League or something like this and you know this is what I can add for you whereas if you're if you're bringing in somebody new in North America they don't have that background like there's just not those opportunities
1: so. e- even actually even on that point like you know the best thing you have is kind of what we we're saying with the Academy system but even then your goal with the Academy system is more player development than necessarily like winning you could say uh, and so these coaches in the EU masters region and stuff can be like well I got my team to the finals of our regional league which is maybe a better thing than like I like how would someone measure DLG Academy this split uh, you know from the outside I think it's a lot harder uh, if your goal is not I mean obviously you want to win but it's a very different system than, than uh, the regional leagues it feels like in terms of what the end goal is
0: well uh, caller Roho. Yes. Um, is there anything you want to throw in here really quickly before we, um, I give you your, no, I mean, I know from?
4: this obviously ended up being uh, it kind of was just a cold take anyway, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thank you for kind of making the point a little better than, than I phrased it. Uh, but yeah, I just really want to see, uh, more intentionally making coaches great. And I think that as you guys noted, it doesn't seem as though there is that, but uh, i'd love to see it
0: thank you so much for any any shout outs you want to make
4: um shout out to peter dunn uh good luck in playoffs
2: good. thank you very much
0: so Thanks. uh thank you so much for i appreciate it i'll catch you next time mark <laughs> I, was sherman, I was told by sherman i was told by sherman uh that it's not called playoffs it's called mid-season showdown are we are we not calling it playoffs at all because it is it's like it it feels like it is a playoff situation right
1: yeah i uh it's a bracket people get knocked out and they're out until the regular season commences uh sounds like a playoff to me i understand it's not called spring split playoffs called mid-season showdown uh, I expect you will still hear people colloquially cl- whatever the fuck. I'm going to call them playoffs because
0: I'm so tired of calling it. I don't want to call it the it MSS. Seems, yeah. Maybe MSS is okay. Playoffs. Yeah.
1: Plus uh, you get all like the, the memes with playoffs and stuff.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk about Alienware, our sponsor for the show. Uh really appreciate Alienware sponsoring so much of what we do here and uh, I know <coughs> some of you might have seen this already in my outros, but hey, if you are in Canada, you can now save 10% off. The code for years and years and years has only worked here in the US. And I'm like, well, hey, I cover NA. So I went to Alienware and we figured it out. It is like a different part of Alienware, so it took a little bit. I apologize for the delay. But you can now use Travis 10 off if you are in the great. Expanse to the north of us. I don't know. There's a bunch of nicknames for Canada. I don't remember all of them At the moment Uh, You can save 10% off your order. Yeah, Tim Tim in the chat who's Canadian who's on run it every week Which is sponsored by Alienware? Who does run it every week. He can now actually use the code to save 10% Congratulations Tim You can now finally get the product uh, at a discount that you've been Promoting, doing that show. Anyway, thank you so much to Alienware for... (laughs) Twitch chat, talking about my hair right now for some reason. Thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show and so much of what we do here. I really appreciate that. And uh, congratulations to our Canadians on now having the opportunity to type my name into a discount form when you're checking out with your Alienware product. Thank you. Okay, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, let's see, we got some subs, which I appreciated, uh, Olive Loaf, Martin 101, Jack or 53, Justin the Fresh, uh, Chief, I don't know how to say your name, but appreciate it, uh, Fisher Molson and Tice, I uh, keep, I think a couple more people, we, we have C9 Blaine here, our next caller, Blaine, where are you calling from?
5: I'm calling from North Vernon, Indiana.
0: Indiana. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show?
5: Uh, my take is TL will not make finals, and not only that, I think TSM will knock them into the losers bracket, and then knock them out of that bracket as well.
0: Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so give me give me the order of operations here. Kind of. What's the path?
5: All right. So, given the schedule that I've that we've all seen that's going to happen next weekend. yeah TSM is going to beat TL just because of the uh, NA circle of suck.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because they have the head to head, right?
5: Yeah. Right. Two up. Yeah. So like TL beats C9, but TSM beats TL. Okay. So just given on stats here.
0: TSM is the squirtle to TL's Charmander.
5: Right.
1: Why the yeah. fuck did you call the water team Charmander?
0: <laughs> so anyway. Alright, so continue.
5: What I think basically gonna happen is TSM will win that head to head. Cloud9 will be Hunter Thieves. I would hope so. And then... That would bring them down to the loser's bracket. Yeah. T.L.
0: Who does T.L. play, Mark, in the loser's bracket? Is it... Uh, Dig?
5: Uh, oh. I'd have to look at that bracket. I haven't, it's, I us. it's us. It's <laughs> us. Is, is you a
0: CG? Okay.
5: Okay. The so website I'm, doesn't I'm
0: not... do a great job of showing it. But sorry. Continue.
5: <laughs> I, I'm not sure how that would go. But... Uh...
0: So you, you assume TL beats whoever they face, which is presumably EG based off what Peter said.
5: No, because if, if that happened, Cloud9 would face TSM, which Cloud9, I think, has a one-to-one head-to-head, right?
0: Right. But but TL has to, in order for TL to face TSM again, they have to face, they have to beat whoever they face.
5: Right, which would be EG. Yes, Which, okay. again, I said, I'd, I'm not sure how that might play out. Okay. <laughs> but if they did face up again in the lower bracket... I think TSM would just knock them down again. Okay. Because uh, I, I I won't say that TL's not C9's kryptonite, but if C9 never faces them, they won't have to deal with it. Right? We're we're deep into
1: bracketology.
5: Yes, I like, bracketology.
2: I like this caller because our, our record in regular season is 1-1 one one, one versus every other playoff team except Dick. So that means eight. that... Yeah, we have a 1-in-16 chance if we just run
1: the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you just coin flip a regular season matchup. You
5: we just coin flip every single round. I like this. I like this. Uh,
1: okay.
5: Yeah, I just wanted to hear y'all's take on it.
1: Well, so I thought, no offense, caller, but when I thought we pulled you, I thought you were going to have some, like, well, TSM does this real good, and I think... Jensen's been bad this split so there's a mid mismatch or something. I thought you were going to give me some in-game stuff to dig into, but you kind of just went like, here were their heads to heads this split and the playoffs will play out exactly the
5: same. Well, <laughs> like, I mean I mean if you look at their games together
0: though, it's, yeah, kind of. <laughs> do you do you you feel like TSM naturally counters TL besides the the record? Caller?
5: I mean, yeah. Okay. They're two zero against them, and it.
0: I know, I know. I, you keep referencing
5: the record. I, I I know, I know. I won't say it wasn't close, but like, I think if they went to a best of fives and TSM was able to put together at least the 2-0, I think they could pull out that last one.
0: Okay, okay. Do you have do you, is it what about the matchup besides the record? Do you think means that TL is is weaker? Like, do you, do you think, for instance, that Huni mm-hmm. has Alfari's number, or do you no. think no? Okay, do you think so what about that what about that matchup is
5: I think top and jungle would be pretty shaky for the TSM side but I think other than that it would be pretty pretty good for TSM okay
0: so you think TSM has bot and mid and that's where they're gonna come through right okay Mark are you okay over there <laughs>
1: yeah <I'm> doing great <laughs>
0: um okay so uh set, let's set aside the record because it's if if we only use the record, then this is a an infallible ar- argument. You know, it's like, well, yeah, that's how how it played out previously. So, um, Mark and and Peter, I don't know which one he wants to go first. Will TL lose to TS? I mean, it's a it's a decent argument, right? Like, the, if if TSM is stronger, then they can just bring him out twice. And I know, Peter, that might have some unfortunate conclusions yeah. for you or implications. But curious what you both think.
2: Should I go first?
1: Yeah, right. go for it. Let's switch it up. You go first.
2: Um, I mean, if 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 you believe that Poe is going to be Jensen, and you believe that uh, Lost and Out are going to be tactical and core JJ, which is something that you can believe as an individual, and I can see the arguments for it, depending on what stats you want to, to focus on and what kind of aspects of the game, then this is possible that it can happen. That's why I said, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that that. I or Mark or Travis will agree, but like the, I mean, we all know how important uh, Core is to TL. Right? So if you believe that, you know, TSM are going to stomp them so hard bot that Core isn't going to be relevant, then, then it can happen, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I uh, so we talked about this a lot in the dive today, and I did predict TL uh, there, but it was actually hard for me. Um, just because TL's mid to late has been kind of shaky with some of the tactical decisions uh, with you know the way he's jumped in and died quite a few times. Um, and so I don't think TSM... I mean, there was the Dignitas game where they had that huge blunder, but I feel like they usually don't make huge blunders in, in the mid to late game. And a lot of their comps are more scaling focused. Um, and so I, I don't think it's... I'm still going to predict TL, probably, um, but I, I can see where TSM wins, and it's, it's probably not lane. Like, I don't think POE slams Jensen. I don't really think Sword Art and Lost suddenly turn to 2v2 monsters and slam core and tactical, but I think uh, TL's early game, which is the best in the league statistically, and I think if you just look at how they move around the map and stuff, it's pretty good, uh, will probably get Lees versus TSM over the course of the series, but if they don't shore up they're pretty bad decision-making sometimes, just individual mistakes, um, then I can see a world where TSM comes back. Uh, TSM usually punishes people if they have bad Baron setups. They did it all split long to, to teams. If if a team went for a somewhat risky Baron, it actually usually ends up in TSM's pocket. Um, I see Peter raising his <laughs> hand. You want inter- to interject? No, Go ahead. No, I, mean,
2: I, agree, I agree with you. I, just, I couldn't think of a team that has bad Baron setups. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't gonna name anyone. Uh... <laughs>
2: that's good.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's probably the way that I see TSM winning the series if it does happen. But um, I'm gonna generally lean towards the team that I think has better early game. Uh, we've seen a higher peak out of TSL or TL, excuse me, already through lock in and, and stuff like that. And I think they just have generally better players in most positions, um, which is why I'm I'm going TL.
0: All right. Well, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, Blaine, if you have a counter for Mark uh, there, or if you want to break down why he's wrong.
5: I, I really can't. I really don't have one. It's um, okay. Think, I appreciate yeah. it. Is yeah.
0: There, is there anything you <laughs> want to say uh, before you go on to the next caller?
5: Uh, no. Shout out Travis and the boys, Alienware, and Game Fuel.
0: Thank you so much for the call, and thank you for the shout outs. We really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, have a good
5: one uh, you do
1: I love that guy man he shows up with his take and that's all he's gonna talk about and if you try and <laughs> try and redirect it he's like no 2-0 that's it
0: yeah yeah I also uh, like
1: Peter's Peter's version of, of soft flame you know he's like if there's a world where you think this is gonna happen then you know that's that's your prerogative to think that way
2: uh, and maybe that'll I, happen <laughs> I mean, it, it it could happen
0: yeah <laughs> okay um, Mark is off to grab the next person thank you to CR Simba OPTSM fan for gifting a sub to Tim OPTSM fan for gifting a sub to Command Attack and Little Sleepy for the Prime um, Peter have you always wanted to coach in in North America
2: yeah I wanted to coach in every major region so I've, I've collected almost all of them now just have to try to coach in Korea one day pretty hard for a foreigner though yeah. Green.
0: not easy the last one who tried uh things did not go well for him unfortunately
2: it well, wasn't too bad though no, because sandbox started pretty pretty poorly but no they, i wasn't talking about
0: better. him i was talking about this past off season. hash is here hash where are you calling from
2: uh
6: leesburg virginia shout out to my boy steve
0: your boy steve what do you want to talk about on the show
6: so um basically c9 will get to um finals but the caveat being like they're the way to get there is is to be a little bit a little more unconventional unconventional yeah
0: okay so how uh unconventional in what way
6: after after winning against um, 100 thieves they will end up losing uh losing against tl so i'm already saying that tl is going to win against tsm and then they're going to climb their climb their way back up to finals
0: okay so, you think that they'll, and then, sorry, and then they, do you think they win or lose against TL again in the finals?
7: Mm,
6: I'd say it'll be a rather close match, considering now they have, they have an idea of, what, of TL after, after losing against them, but I think it's going to be a close match, but I do think C9 will probably take it.
0: Okay. So, they lose the first time, and then they rematch in the finals.
6: Yep, okay. basically.
0: Uh, why do you think they lose to T- TL in the first situation?
6: Well, so, of course, as we saw in, like, the regular season, we saw there, it's pretty much clear that there was a lot of... There's still some growing pains that um, CNAM has been experiencing. Of course, was IMT, um, most recently, they basically just gave away the Baron when they should have just... they clearly just committed to it, and they just run away as soon as Nocturne Ultimate... uh I say ulted into it, and it just... They just walked out instead of just committing to it. Even though they kind of inherently won the fight overall, it's still something that they should have just, um, just just stuck just stuck their guns to. And and you can see a lot. And their games haven't been really over. Even if they're winning, their games hasn't been really convincing, just per
1: se to say the least.
0: Gotcha. Uh, well, Mark, you want to start off on this one?
1: Uh, I mean. I don't know if I want to get into the weeds of they win this time, but then lose this time and then win again. Well, I assume
0: you have them against Hunter T.
1: Yeah, I I have them pretty heavily against Hunter Thieves. Um, I think that they're probably the favorite for me uh, through playoffs right now. Um, I don't worry too much about some of the losses that they suffered um, in the regular season. I think they were – experimenting quite a bit with their drafts with uh, the five range comp and stuff like that, which are pretty difficult to pull off. And um, I think that their individual levels haven't dropped. Uh, a lot of that stuff was like, oh, you, you know, didn't Black Shield the right person this one time or you are you didn't force them through the traps of Caitlyn and Victor Gravity Field and stuff. Like those those kinds of mistakes, I think, are a lot more champ specific than just like player inting. Like I feel like I've seen tactical misposition a bunch, for example, of, of a player that I think isn't necessarily playing great right now. So, like, I don't I don't think C9 I'm too worried about. Um, Meta still feels like it suits them pretty well. I think that they have great players in every single position. The one that you would point to would be Fudge as, like, the, oh, he's a liability. Um, but I think they've done a lot better job of integrating him. Uh, they can put him on weak side if they need to. Um, and so when you go up against TL, presumably in the semifinals to the caller's point, We'll have to see what happens because I feel like that is kind of the biggest question mark still. Uh, But that aside, I think they match up pretty well versus everyone uh, pound for pound in the playoffs. I mean, I would think
0: it's, I would guess that you would think, Mark, that they win that TL match because you have TL beating TSM. You said that you think C9 is probably the favorite for the, not the playoffs. That's
1: a couple weeks away. Let's not talk about that. Let's watch a best of five before we get there.
0: Okay. 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 Uh,
2: Peter. Uh, I'm just sitting here listening, really puzzled because I don't understand how they're going to get to play on um, TL again when EG will just beat them in the lower bracket. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I guess in a world in a world where we have internet issues, yeah,
1: sure. Hmm. Your your facility catches on fire, yeah. or there's a fire alarm going off, and you have to run across the street.
0: Peter, yeah, do you um, think C9 is the strongest team right now?
2: Um, I think it's the way that NA works this year, is, it's very, very matchup dependent. Like, I think certain teams have advantages against certain other teams. I don't think it's always the teams that have won 2 0. Um, but I think that there are some teams in the league that cannot beat C9 in the rest of the fight. It's not possible.
0: Why do you think that NA is so matchup dependent this year?
2: Um, because I think that teams haven't had enough time to adapt because there's only because there's three competitive games a week right and the season's only six weeks long lock-in doesn't count right that people may say lock-in counts but i mean most of the teams didn't have their full rosters people are still adapting people still bringing coaching staff playing stuff it takes a lot of time right um and that means that it's really hard to add a lot of sophistication and different styles into your play um so it becomes a lot about a lot about magic dependence and, the, and how much it how much it um, allows you to adapt i think the system Gives Dignitas and EG a massive advantage going into class. I'm not going to say Dig or EG will go to um, will go to uh, MSI, yeah, but yeah, yeah, we we'll to MSI. But what I will say is that the the teams that are playing this weekend have like three days, four days of scrims. We have 13 days. We can like boot camp. We can prepare cheese. You know, if I want to play Nico with Renekton, I can play Nico with Renekton again. <laughs> I can play Nico with Vayne if I want. You know, um, we can come up with all the cheese, all the cheese. Um, and that kind of thing will, will, will help us in going forward, right? Where it's imagine you go and play in, you play in the upper bracket tournament, you lose in the upper bracket tournament. You only have three to four more days to get your shit together against the team that's played, that has 13 days of script. You know, they have nine more days on you. What do you like? It's, it's, it's going to be really hard and they will have watched you for an entire best of five. It's really, it's not, it's not necessarily that easy.
1: That's
0: apologies for the the... the loud noise just everyone heard by the way it was like one of my yeah that's my apologies i had
6: my phone in front my bad
0: no that wasn't you uh for some reason uh, i I had a stream alert that wasn't muted and somebody sent somebody i don't know how that happened because i don't even see anyway sorry continue
1: i was oh
2: sorry no no, no, that's it
1: yeah I, i was agreeing that like the whole scouting angle too of getting to watch them play their best of five while you just spend the first week training general stuff, whether it's exploring comps or working on specific things. And then the second week, you're like, okay, now we saw them play and lose. Let's see if we can pick those kinds of same things apart or what we want to adapt from it. So it is, I think, a little weird to, to have that level of advantage. Um, I can't remember how it was done last year when we talked about how spring was different last year. And I said, I thought there were three days in a row and I thought that gave uh, the teams waiting less time. It was like one team would play on Saturday or like Friday, and then they would play on Sunday again or something. So you, the team waiting didn't Raz told
0: time. me everything is exactly the same in Twitch chat, and then and then okay. because he said that everyone else followed along and and mocked me. So
1: wait, I might be wrong. I'm I'm just gonna go look. Someone else fill it for time while I look and see if I'm actually an <coughs> idiot.
0: Okay. What
3: we mean.
0: Uh. Well. Peter, mm-hmm. right? Do you expect to see an upset given what you were just talking about with the extra time? Like, as in, do you think that there will be some surprises because of sort of th- this weird advantage that the lower bracket teams get?
2: I mean, of course, EG are going to win, all the- win out. No, um, but as a serious point, there is a there, there is a serious point here, which is that I would be shocked. Let's say EG weren't in the blast right? Let's say we fluffed our lines completely and Immortals made playoffs instead of us, right? I would be shocked, even though I would consider, let's say, 100 Thieves, Cloud9, TSMTL to be better than Immortals and Dignitas, right? I would be shocked if both the teams that went into the lower bracket got out. Yeah. Even though I think that they are better, right? Just because of how, how the how the system works. I think it, it favors teams in the lower bracket much more. So yeah.
0: Caller, what uh, do you... Oh, go ahead, Mark.
2: So-
1: I was sort of right. The first weekend was more compressed. It was the 4th, the 5th, and then the next two games were the 7th and the 8th. So there's like a random gap day in the 6th or something. Um, But it wasn't like a full week, whereas whereas this time... Oh,
0: because they had to make up for the week that we missed because of COVID. Because remember, we skipped a week in the middle of spring split. And so what they did was they crammed in... They had to they had to fill for that extra week, and so that's why they did it. Where I think they had matches on like uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then they I think they had like a a cap day. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we figured it out. So that's that is a very different such set set, uh, set of circumstances. So,
2: to be clear, I think I think this is one way that the NA system is better than the EU system, because in the EU system, if you have to play. Like, the, the second weekend, especially in the EU system, is horrendous, right? Like, no team in EU managed to win from the lower bracket except G2. They're the only teams that won last year, any games. It was always the highest heat going through because uh, you have so few days in that second weekend. Like, you can go from having to play a best of five into having to play a best of five with one day rest, which is the worst possible thing. If you have no day rest, then you can, you can use the adrenaline to, to get you through the next day. But if you have one day rest, you... You're too tired to like have really productive scrims. You can have scrims, but they're not really productive. And if you have a rest day, then you lose a lot of the push, right? And that you saw that happen in last year. So this system where you get a full week is a good thing.
0: Well, caller, I think we've talked a lot about the set of circumstances you called in about. cloud nine, yeah. etc. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller?
6: Uh, Basically, shout-out to Alienware, shout-out Gamefeel, shout-out to Travis, Mark, and Peter Dunn. Go. Good luck in your games, um, Peter. I wish you the best the best of luck, and uh, I'll see you guys maybe next week if I if I end up posting something stupid uh, for a take.
0: Very good. Well, thank you so That's much for the play. call. All
6: right, thank you. Thank
0: you. Okay, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Okay, so the alert that came through and the reason it wasn't muted was because it was, it was like a Patreon pledge. Like it said pledged $20. I haven't had my Patreon for like I don't know, close to 3 years now. So I I didn't get an email message so I don't I don't know, it must have been like a weird bug. Streamlabs doesn't even show like a a a thing. Now, on the other hand, Nodak gifted 30 subs having previously gifted like I think another ten, and then another seven, so close to fifty. Maybe they've they've done fifty today, but either way, thank you so much, No Deck. I will uh, I'll try to get to those in a little bit. Uh, Red Factor Three is here. Red Factor, where are you calling from?
7: Hey, how's it going? I'm calling from New York City, New York.
0: New York City, New York. How is New York City?
7: Uh, pretty good. Uh, a lot better than since last time I called in. So happy yeah. about that.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show?
7: Right, this is a take, and I would like to hear Peter's thoughts about it. Uh, first, before I say it, I would like to apologize to Papa Smithy in the chat. Know that this hurts me in my core as a fan. Uh, but the take is as follows. Um, I think Someday is a perfect example of NA dulling a potentially star player's edge. I watched uh, Peter in, his, in the podcast with Dom, and he spoke about how in the LCS, the regional meta sometimes incentivizes play patterns that hamper growth. He had a discussion about bluffing. Uh, and this is the only explanation that I have found for Someday's track record. There was a time in previous splits where Someday was literally carrying the team's corpse across the finish line. <laughs> I think it was 2020 spring, but I, everything blurs. Uh, and then he, he kind of fell out of form in the playoffs and they got kicked out 0-3. Uh, he randomly reverts back to this form where he exerts pressure, but doesn't seem to have that bite or clutch factor.
0: Papa Smithy in the chat says, "Go fuck yourself, caller." Which I just—I'm sh- yeah. just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. He said, "Podcast listeners,
1: n- Papa said never, never apologize, apologize for podcasts.
0: takes. Takes are good. I was always going to clarify that. I just really like the idea of subverting." Uh, um,
7: yeah, I just see it more as like a kind of like a parent who's like gifted child started hanging out with the bad crowd, the NA folks, and then it's just like he had so much
2: potential.
0: We, we take so much talent, and then we just ruin them <laughs> okay so, so go ahead
2: Peter. I've got a potential counterpoint which is so I don't know what's going on behind the scenes but maybe he thinks that this 100 Thieves is actually really good so he doesn't have to take risks anymore whereas on like pers- past versions of 100 Thieves maybe he didn't have the same confidence in his teammates so he was like I have to 1v9 carry whereas here he's like you know I can rely on Ryoma I can rely on um, closer and there like if all I do is I'm stable I don't have to smash off R8, right the team's just going to win right if I go even with or Vigo even with Huni or something like this, right? So, so maybe it's a mark of confidence in his team, uh, but to me, as somebody who really loves aggressive players and aggressive play, and will encourage my players to go aggressive, yeah, even even managed to persuade Impact to go really aggressive at times this year. Um, to me, I think it's a shame, right? Because that's the kind of the kind of league of legends that I like to see, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean that he's gotten weaker, right? It could be because his team he has more confidence in his team, right? It, it can go both ways. We, we can't look without seeing things behind the scenes.
1: Uh, I will say it's, it's probably one of those feels bad when, you know, your jungler clears top to bot, theirs clears bot to top, you get dove on the wave and killed, you look bot, your jungler dies trying to contest Gromp, and you're just like, alright, right. this is go next fast. <laughs>
7: yeah, I don't, I don't, like, again, I'm just a, a viewer, right? I, I don't break above plat, so, like, I don't have the insight or not, like, eyes to discern everything, but I don't blame that on some day. It's just, I've seen what he can do, right? Like, I've seen him literally throw a dead team into wins. And it's like, I want to unlock that, but it's been so many years, and we haven't consistently gotten that. Like, I have no explanation for that. And obviously, we're never going to know what happens behind the scenes, but, you know, I I would like to hear maybe Peter's take or Mark's take on, you know, Travis can jump in as well.
1: I would love to hear... I mean, I don't want to ask Peter to 100% repeat himself from... Dom's show, but uh, just like the, the broader point, even removed a little bit maybe from the someday example.
2: Uh, um. So 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 the point the, the point was basically that um, players when you come to North America, the type of gameplay that you need in order to be successful in North America is different from in other regions, because for instance, the, the it was used as to compare to Europe, where in Europe your your ranking as a player is based on how much you bluff, right? You need in Europe. Everyone is at a very high level, so your advantage, your advantages, aren't just gained for free. You don't just get free landing phases. You don't just get, I mean, you do get solo kills maybe, but you don't just get free advantages. Whereas in North America, um, you don't have to work as hard for those edges. Um, so, so you can, um, you don't need to play on the edges much, especially if you, you're stronger than than your opponent. Um, so, so that was the crux of the argument, and also it was a little bit that in academy. Um, Uh, people remember focus too much on negative plays so the people that look really good in academy or have a really strong narrative about them are the people that tend to play safer Um, because people aren't going to say oh look at that insane outplay they're going to say look at that time when he really really messed up and ran it down Um, and they'll reward consistency which is kind of not what you need uh, if you want to be really really successful like if you want to be at the top um, so, so that, that was to the argument. I paraphrased it a bit, sorry if, if it doesn't make that much logical sense. Um, no. but, uh, but I spent like 45 minutes talking about it. Um, <laughs> uh, and i tried to summarize in 30 seconds. But basically, you, you know that there's a lot of reasons why you can choose that you don't need to play on the edge, right? Um, and Maybe it's you can't do it anymore. Um, in Sunday's case, I don't think it is. Um, but it can also be because other people have the ability to do it more, or sometimes you see that there are players who need to play on the edge more. So you dial it back in, and that can be the the mark of a really good player. I mean, I can give an example of Humanoid, who in 2019 kind of really played on the edge. You know, he would pick his assassins, he would just go in, try to one v nine every single game. um But then in 2020, when Shadow came in, and he was the guy who had who who could only do this stuff because he was a rookie, Humanoid kind of dialed it back he played the control majors he played more safe people still remember his ints but they weren't as frequent in 2019 as they were in 20, 2020 as they were in 2019 because he dialed it back so it can go both ways um i would say that someday as a player who has historically been one of the best top players in the entire world uh and you know i would love to see it back in that form um, because it will push uh impact to, to to know that he has to work harder and push harder and because to be the best right so i i love it when players are in that form and when they play play to that level um but I, i'm sorry if this is not a hot take but i, I don't know what's going on in, in 100 thieves where it, it can be either direction right it doesn't just have to be that he he can't do it it can be that he's choosing not to you know?
0: do you do yeah. you okay so in this situation it would be he's choosing not to because he thinks that the team should play through like the, the playmakers on that team should be like fbi or rayoma or closer right peter
2: yeah or or yeah or he doesn't think he needs to right because like maybe if you're in a really bad team if you're a really good player in a really bad team you may think okay i have to 1v9 every single game right or else we just lose whereas um if you have confidence in your your teammates maybe maybe you think okay you know these guys play this way or this guy's super super aggressive right and he's better at playing aggressive than me but i'm better at playing you know defensive so i will take the defensive burden and we'll let you know, FBI play super aggressively, we'll let Closer play super aggressively. Uh we'll let whoever Hunter T's want to play it for, for the um for the FSS. If, MSS,
0: you, if you were coaching Hunter T, would you be like, yo, someday I want you to play aggressive. Like go forward. You know, ob- obviously I'm not trying to put you in a position where <laughs> no. like this is just a the- theoretical are. scenario.
2: I, I, I will tell you, like, Travis, that if you put me in charge of any team with any amount of players, I will tell them I want you to play more aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's your answer right it's 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 for me for me my, my philosophy is it's never should you play aggressive it's when should you play aggressive so which is okay i never tell you don't play aggressive i'm like play aggressive in one minute and that's it that that's that's purely the limit. So, so to me i love i love aggressive players. i love woofer. i think so awesome.
1: if if you were coaching the shy you'd be like i need you to go more aggressive man
2: yeah, you're not getting aggressive enough, you know? <laughs> just, just no, no, but like, I mean, the, the thing where he tp back into lane, and, like, he, he dies, and then he knows the jungler's still there because the jungler's helping the other top lane to push it out, and then he just TPs back to lane and just dies immediately, second time, right? <laughs> I mean, that that's too aggressive, right? Like, pick yeah. your moments, go aggressive in 30 seconds. If you TP to your tower, you can, like, chase him down the lane when he pushes the wave in. There you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, the, the broader point, even removed from the assembly one, because I think uh, it is something I've. If... I also oh.
7: want to offer, before sorry, before we move up off the point, I also want to offer some counterpoints to Peter, right? Like, yeah. he's saying that he's choosing not to, but there's some things that, you know, are standard, whether you're weak side or, or strong side, mm-hmm. which is like, I feel like his laning is not as, as crisp. Like, for example, Alfari, and I don't know a lot about him, but it seemed to be pretty clear consensus that despite being on such a weak team, he was, like, the top, like, top lane player in, 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 in LEC. And I don't know if I can say that if, if Someday it didn't have FBI, didn't have he didn't have Closer, uh, that he would look like Someday of the past.
2: That's fair. That's fair. It's possible top lane has gotten better in North America as well. Huh. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's possible. It's possible. Not no, okay, I, I take your point, right? But, like, it's... Sure, maybe maybe you can say the interactions or the individual wave states are not are, are not as good. But the question is, you know, he's gone from I'm, i i I feel so embarrassed. Who was who was Hunter Thieves jungler last last season? It wasn't Meteos. It was me it was,
7: Mete- it was Meteos for a bit and then It was oh, Contracts Contracts
1: was oh, it yeah. a contract uh, it was, the on the contracts
7: Con- also contracts in chat just okay. says
2: hi only,
1: it was me just uh, saying oh, contracts contract is into a chat saying hello
7: oh yeah
2: <laughs> oh my god no I, I, okay i'll be honest I, I knew contracts was into a chat so i'm just trolling him because he's sure on sure my...
0: great great save great save too. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead. yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. no yeah. I, I like jen, jen in the end um because i
0: jizuki and chet says he's in your team bro
2: <laughs> <laughs> no because i mean I, I thought contracts was like a really top jungler in in lcs last year i'm just i'm just trolling
3: mm-hmm,
2: um, mm-hmm. But, but, like, there's a serious point right which is that you know maybe 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 for instance he feels that if he spends a lot of his effort calling or setting up opportunities then they're not going to be taken advantage of right because i mean i've definitely seen 100 thieves dive top i mean i've definitely seen them yeah 10, we, we so saw that, it in the lockdown yeah, yeah. So so I mean it's it's not like it can't be done. Um but but you know it's it's really hard to judge. Um but sure. I mean obviously, like go aggressive. I always like that. I always like that style of play and I hope I hope he'll do it more.
1: I hope so too. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say the the broader point that I like is that you don't really know necessarily why something's happening, so much as like you can say like here's the symptom. Don't know the, the cause exactly. And so, you know, the lack of aggressive NA play for a period of time, I don't you know, I can't tell you, like last year I was losing my shit that no one played any aggressive counterpicks on red side. And we just like defaulted to tank first tank. And like Wukong's got 60% solo queue win rate, highest presence champ in the fucking meta. And in North America, we don't play it. And like, is that player saying that? Is that coaches? You know, exactly why sometimes you see a lack of aggressive counterpicking or play styles or, or like in-game decision-making. I, I don't always know, but I, I definitely... Mark will
0: never I just have an like, opportunity that is like, to bring up twenty twenty Wukong top lane not being picked. I will
1: bring that up till I'm dead because I know it's you literally will. like you just aren't as a region. I know. M- like it, it just baffles my like imagine like Azir just came like got reworked and he was sixty percent win rate in mid lane and none of your fucking mid laners played him. The, like you would the... lose your mind
0: unforgivable sin of North America and Mark's mind was not picking Wukong in 2020. Uh, and I, I, By the way, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. I just love that. At any, it's.
1: I mean, it's, it's a, a consistent it's problem with top laner specifically, too. Sure. Someone else just pointed out, but the Aatrox was also, when, when Aatrox got reworked, we didn't play him. When Victor Top was broken, we didn't play him. Like Anytime there's an aggressive top lane champion, you can be sure that North America, for a period, was not playing him. But I think they're a lot better this year. Uh, whether that's The players, the coaches. I don't know who turned it around, but I think bring in
0: players from other regions for our top and then. Red Factor, anything you want to shout out before we go to a quick break?
1: Yeah, most definitely. Uh
7: I want to shout out Travis for the awesome content. Mark, uh, for being in the content. I followed your Patreon back when that was a thing.
1: Oh shit. That's a real (laughs) that's a real OG. Yeah.
7: But at least at least you like you're doing content with LCS and with other people in the scene. Uh thank you, Peter, for uh, being in recent podcast I'm, I'm, I'm loving your, your presence here and your takes uh, shout out to Alienware uh, last time I was here it was near uh, Black Friday I ended up getting a 240 hertz monitor now my, uh, my old feeble boomer eyes can see the, the crisp uh, 240 hertz refresh rate and you know what else can help you out with uh, boomer senses game feel I've been trying out their watermelon flavor they, they got a down pat so grab yourself a can Try it out.
0: Very good. Thank you so much, Red Factor, for the call.
7: Cheers.
0: All right. Speaking of Game GameFuel, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Game Fuel. First off, last time we were on the show, or last time we did the show, uh, we, I think their site, GameFuel.com, which you can go check out in the chat. You can do exclamation mark GameFuel in YouTube. You can go look in the description. Uh, they were out of stock on, like, everything. And again, I like to think it's, because of me we crashed it, man, and having nothing to do with like courage or anybody else. Um, but they've restocked and they're now available in California. So uh, I, I think some are still like some of the flavors might still be out of stock. So if you have some issues, uh, you can use that Amazon link. But. Uh, which is in the YouTube description as well And also if you look, do exclamation mark Game Feel in the chat But uh, you can also si- uh, Hit notify me when available Which I think is kind of nice That's a feature that they have on their website uh, But really do appreciate everybody Who's been tweeting and shouting them out uh, Shouting me out And all that, it's been really helpful I, I promise you they've noticed it uh, Be sure to check out GameFuel.com And then use code Travis Because when you check out at, at, uh, with code Travis You save 5% on your order of Mountain Dew and Game Fuel. And that is very much appreciated. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody who uh, goes and does that. And thank you to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. I appreciate all the, the, the support. And again, uh, we didn't have, I know California was having issues ordering before and it looks like that's been resolved. So be sure if you're in California, go check out check it out if you missed it the last time or if, it, if you went there before and you didn't see it. Thank you so much to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. Alright, on to the next caller. Thank you. Nodak gifted another sub to Free Buju and to Jazuke. Optsm Fad gifted a sub to Empire and Contracts. Then uh, Peruchu with Prime Crypto. Uh, Kristen for six months. Irish Pigs. Uh, Boder Michael for 29 months. Uh, for Kobe, thank you for the 19 months. A little sleepy OPTSM fan gift us up. Oh, I got those. And the Nodec just gifting out 12 subs, seven subs, 30 subs. My God, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. And it looks like we have a caller here. Yeah, the caller got here before Mark, which I thought was funny. Uh, Gotti is here. Gotti boy, where are you calling from?
8: I'm calling from St. Cloud, Minnesota.
0: And uh, what do you want to talk about on the show?
8: So, my take is that Deathly should get the award for most improved player this split. Um, I think that he's been super consistent for EG. Um, the man simply does not die, um, and he still has the third best DPM among ADCs. So, I, I, I know a lot of people have been talking about Dignitas players like Fake God and Soligo. But I really think that definitely has come into his own, and he's just been a rock in the bot lane for this team. And if there's one thing that I know when I'm looking for an ADC in my solo queue games, it's just consistency and knowing that the guy can carry if he has a, a solid laning phase. And I think that he's done that for this team.
0: Before we get to the, the Peter uh, take on this, so to explain why he agrees. Mark, uh, is. do you think, like, Neo should be – eligible for this given like he was previously i think he can't be rookie right
1: well so uh neo might be able to be rookie because he only played two games as asta in lcs i believe so i think he might qualify for rookie regardless uh you know i think like Saligo might be another example of someone who could win it i think uh i think dom had a tweet about it um where like just in terms of raw level of difference like during his time on 100 thieves lego had posted some of like the worst mid lane stats and games in lcs history or something and now he's like doing fine i don't think you have to pretend he's a world beater or anything but he's like doing well you know and that is a huge turnaround from when most lcs fans last seen him uh, if you did see I, I, it depends like kind of how you're you're rating this like are you including his academy games where he was clearly a lot better than what he had shown in the lcs then like maybe he's not that improved but i think you know i would i would do it by lcs appearances and in that case Sligo has has leveled up a ton um whereas i don't think definitely i would ever say was amongst the worst performing 80 carries ever like i don't think he ever had that that low of a bottom to compare to and i'm not trying to flame seligo here i'm just saying that like in terms of output in in the games, you know, like Sligo was was usually losing pretty hard. Uh, so, definitely, I think he's improved for sure. But I don't I don't know if it's he's he's kind of I don't it just feels like a bigger difference in in the last time that I saw Sligo than the last time I saw Definitely on the LCS stage.
0: Emily right. says I, Neo played four games in 2019
1: on Optic. Oh, was it oh, twenty? 4 Okay.
2: I mean Neo Neo can't be counters. Most improved? I mean, honestly, honestly, I'm really confused about Definitely because people kept telling me that that this guy was, like, going to drag the corpse of his, like, he was going to be such a hard weight that he was going <laughs> to drag everyone into the gutter, so I was like, holy moly, did we make a mistake? <laughs> did, I, did I miss something? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't think Definitely can be the most improved if he was never that like I, I mean, I I don't understand. Has the stream gone down?
1: No, I got a little bit of lag there too for a second. Okay. I think it's okay. Nope.
2: But but I mean, to to me, like I, I mean to so I don't want to flame Saligo, but I I would I would I would say that Saligo, Saligo probably deserve most improved player, and um, I don't think it's close because I think that he has been the one who is arguably the most responsible for Dignitas doing as well as they are this season. Um, from Coming out from kind of nowhere because he wasn't the one who was like people were higher on insanity and paradox, no, uh coming in and i think that he's completely blown them out of the water like he's he's been super good he should have killed perks 1v1 but uh that was mainly perks thing. um but but i i've never understood i've never understood the hatred for definitely right like i just i i, I think definitely got a bit better but i don't think he got insanely better i think definitely is the definitely that he always was and now you're just he has a better team around him so now he can now his strengths show more i mean so i i, I think definitely I, I think definitely has been a good player um i say that he has improved he's got a lot of things that he still needs to work on he's not the finished product yet um but uh i would just say that he he's he's had a career where he has played with a lot of let me pick my words here <laughs> i don't want to play yeah, he, he, he's had he's had a career where he's played with a, in a lot of rough circumstances. Let's say he he, he hasn't had you know the um, like so somebody like tactical, you know, you can say tacticals come in. You know, he's he's born into the right family. He has the best support. You know, he has diamond encrusted you know balls and plates. Tactical is privileged.
1: He <laughs> is the one yeah, percent
2: of lucky players. Whereas <laughs> definitely is not the one percent. Definitely is like. Has had to grind his way up. He's had to fight his way up. He's he's gone through all of these difficult situations, and you know, um, you know, I, I respect the hustle. Uh, and may, maybe I, I think that, that for that, over the course of of several years, like maybe if you counted compared to the last time, definitely was in LEC. You you could you could push him up there, and I think he should definitely be talked about in that category. But Sadigo um, has to be the number one for me. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just been so much. He's overcome um, so much. Got,
0: Gotti boy, why do you think? definitely suck so much. I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective <laughs> on, uh,
1: you it's, it's funny in order to convince us that your take is right. You need to convince us that he sucked more previously. <laughs> yeah.
8: Well, I'll, I'll, I will say I am a diehard C9 fan. And back when he played for C9 for a little bit, even that, I mean, obviously like him coming in and like sneaky being gone and whatnot, I was just like, anything was going to be worse. So it, it just, maybe it just had a bad taste in my mouth. And honestly, like, I just never felt like this guy had, like, that carry mentality. It always felt like he was just kind of sitting there. And I feel like on EG, at least, like, what Peter was talking about, like, he's influencing his players to play more aggressively and things like that. And I think that this team is just a better fit for him. And that improvement, I guess I've just seen. So maybe it's just a team diff. I don't know. But I was curious just kind of, like, on how he has grown as a player just in the time that he's been with EG
2: Sure, I, I think that's fair. I think that on EG, so I will say that the biggest thing that surprised me when I joined EG was how aggressive Impact likes to play the game. He's really holy moly, his comms are. <laughs>
5: um, like,
2: this is a team that wants to fight, and that's not his reputation at all. But may, but I mean, in EG, look, definitely knows he's got Ignar around him. He knows his team is Ignar, Jazuke, Svenskeren, Impact, right? So um, you know they're all going in and sometimes you know you need somebody to to clean up afterwards right um because if you're going in as well then you're not getting peeled because they're going to kill the enemy ad carry so um so yeah so so i think i think it's a good it's a good it's a good fit for him uh but obviously there are he he has to be able to play both sides coming into plus right he can't just he can't just be the cleanup all the time uh and obviously we'll, we'll see whether we'll see how that happens but i think that i think that he's done well this season and you know he's overperformed even my expectations. So I'm I'm pretty ha- I'm pretty happy with with where we are.
0: Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Gotti. I uh, I appreciate the raising the conversation on this because I think uh, you know obviously we didn't talk too much about that before. So thank you. Yeah. Is but... there is there anything you want to shout out?
8: yeah uh shout out to game fuel alienware travis honestly uh lcs has been a little sad but you've really kept it interesting so i appreciate all your content mark and peter um and then just lastly i want to shout out the ndsu league of legends club
0: nice uh thanks so much for the call thanks hey mark Uh, before you grab oh you were gonna say something
1: oh i was gonna say i'm looking forward to the you know Peter was talking about preparing cheeses. I'm I'm excited to see Deftly's Heimerdinger make a reappearance in playoffs.
0: I I brought that up in my interview with Deftly, too, where I was like, when are you bringing out the Heimerdinger? Um, and Heimerdinger is so
2: 2019. You, yeah. think, you think that we don't have other cheeses besides Heimerdinger?
0: Mark, I mean, least... a throwback. <laughs> it, I'm guessing the last call isn't about this. Um, and because we were talking about Saligo, I just want to steal a couple minutes. Um, I... What do you, what do you think of the idea of and Petering? I apologize, but do we think that Diggs' coaching staff is just coach of the split? Yes. I mean, they that team overperformed expectations so much, um, and I know like that they, they ended up in what fifth, but like constantly taking games off people, it was it was really close that they they ended up getting fifth. And uh, I don't know. I I I was just thinking about the Saligo stuff and all that, and it's something I've had in my mind. But I I thought we hadn't really talked about this on the show, and I felt like it was something worth worth talking about.
2: You know, I, I just say say it directly, Travis. I think yes. Like I mean, I, I don't think there's any discussion. Like you can, like who who are you going to argue for instead TSM? Like because it's not it's not TL, it's not C9, right? Because because those people expected them to be like seventeen one or sixteen two, and they're not, right? I mean, they're, just not. they're good, but they're not as far. They're not at the level that people thought with those with those strengths across them. So then the question is, who else is it, right? And I think the clear answer is the Digger I'm not even going to make the argument for each. right? Like, I mean, it's Digger
1: Yeah, I think uh, Dig's probably the heavy favorite. TSM they looked pretty rough through their first weekend, hmm. um, but I think at least in terms of expected level from the talent that was acquired second is good i think it's better than most people expected which is why they can probably be in the conversation i think most people had them power rank third or fourth so like it is it is higher but dig we we did this on the dive went through our, our power rankings from the preseason and then what we do is like every position, each expect each team is off is like minus a point or whatever. And dig just fucking murdered us. We all had dig like eighth or ninth in their fifth, and so like it just it just wrecked our. Well, our and like- it's
0: also tough. I feel like it's so hard to go by standings too, because like they were so close, right? Like the distance between yeah. second and fifth in this this situation is like not well, the way it normally is
1: yeah and to peter's point like okay tl is third they we all thought they should be second or first um you know why is that oh well they they may be underperformed a little bit you know and yeah. I, I don't think coaches necessarily deserve the blame yeah. but that's just kind of how it how it goes in the ecosystem where you don't know what's going on behind the scenes so you kind of just have to paint with broad strokes
2: I mean, the argument I could see for so TL experimented a lot, a lot this split, right? But you can't, you don't get points, right, for experimenting, and you don't, you shouldn't get exceptions, right? But the the argument I could see for TSM is that TSM had a rough lock in. They had a rough first two weeks of the season, and people were saying, you know, could this team miss playoffs? And they got their stuff together. They found a way to play, and they found a way to win, right? And even some of their losses, like when they lost the Dignitas, they they should have won that game. <laughs> <It totally laughs> they just should have won that game. So I could I could see the argument for TSM um but it's to me it's tsm will dig and i would always say and that's it
0: kamikaze platypus playing devil's advocate and saying if you subtract the games where dig just were kind of randomly given the win what does their their score look like
1: do i get to subtract the games where tsm randomly got barons from their opponents who should have gotten the baron
0: do, mean, we get to, so, underneath do we get to situation? play if
1: with every single team's wins and losses?
0: Maybe. You could do nope. whatever you want. Mark, it's your vote. Yeah, I see what you mean, though. It's just like it, you end up in this weird world of all these hypotheticals. Yeah. Okay, Kamikaze Platypus says, at least read the whole statement, Travis. So just so that I'm not paraphrasing, the struggle I see with just outright giving it to Digstaff is like, How many of their games were the other team giving away a win? If we subtract those games, and what is their standing? Like, you can see, or you can devils advocate any team into being coach of the split at candidate. There, I said the full statement.
1: Didn't their point uh, defeat their own point?
2: Well, I've I've got a a point like this. So so this is going to sound a bit weird, but, you know, in a game of Pro League of Legends, a team either wins the game or they lose the game no that sounds really stupid i'm um, like uh, okay so say you have team a or team b right so there's
0: been times by the way where that's not the case uh where where there was a bug and rather than remaking they just uh
2: i'm sorry, I'm sorry i just realized how stupid that sounds when i said it out loud like okay so you have team a and team b in the game right and team a okay. wins the game okay i so, agree with that we need so to develop often... coaching
0: staff more shut so up sorry. travis
2: let him talk continue <laughs> So, so, so let's say team Team A. Like, there's two ways the game can go, right? Either Team A like wins the game and they play the game super well and they they like outplay the other team, or kind of like Team B throws it to them and they let them they let them win the game, right? And you know, sometimes being there to catch the throw is like important, but you know, there it goes both ways, right? And it depends. To me, Dignitas play in a certain way, which makes it easy for teams to throw into them. Number one. Um, but I think also it means that teams that people are generally underrating, well, I, I just use this to, for EG, right? I think like EG going into playoffs, like how many games did the opponent either win the game or lose the game, right? Versus EG winning the game or losing the game because <laughs> they threw the game, right? So yeah. I, so, so, so there is something to be said there, right? Um, but I still would give it to Dick. Yeah.
1: I have a question. Have you ever heard of John Madden?
2: I mean, I know he has a really, like, a popular computer game that I'm really bad at.
0: Not, like, not uh, a computer game.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, Yeah, that's, that's a – he
1: has a, a football game, American football game. Yeah. Uh, but John Madden is a – he was a coach and then became a, a commentator, and he was really well-known for saying, like, blindingly obvious things. Uh, <laughs> he would say, like, the team that scores more points generally wins the game. <laughs> And I see a future where Peter Dunn becomes the League of Legends, John Madden.
2: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I feel that way. All I will say is that as a coach, like knowing that your team has full agency to either win the game or lose the game is, is a good thing. That's all
0: yeah. it is. it's important. <laughs> all right, let's grab the next caller. Uh, Mark is already off. Thank you too. It's Kyler... Time 201, no deck gift to the sub to our last caller, Gotti Boy. And then good job, Schwarzschild. Thank you for the, the prime. I am not the NSA is here. Uh, NSA, where are you calling from?
9: Uh, I'm calling from Merced, California.
0: Merced, California. What do you want to talk about on the show?
9: Um, I want to talk about how EG is providing to be one of the better opponents to face in the region if they're intending to compete internationally. Um, the ways that the solo lanes obviously impact in Juzuke are constantly applying pressure to their opponents. Um, it's much more cl- similar to what the opponents are going to f- – what NA is going to face internationally in, in regions like EU, Korea, and China. And everyone knows how good impact is, but I think jizuke has gone underappreciated especially.
0: Well, jizuke, right, cool. Uh <laughs> Before we throw it over to Peter, who again will just be like, yeah, I agree. Um, jizuke, what do you think of all the criticism? You say underappreciated, but he's been – actually criticized a ton people say everything from like, he's the worst mid laner to he's just inting all the time. They call him Jacuzzi, uh, you know, sometimes. So I, what do you, what do you say to the critics who have said that uh, Suzuki is not doing well?
9: Um, I say look at his damage numbers in this LCS spring split. He is 570 DPM. He has the highest CSD at 10 minutes. And he's constantly making plays that few to any other top laner probably wouldn't make. And I think that should be appreciated if you're actually going to compete internationally. You should want people who are going to push the limits and actually limit test this. Gotcha.
0: Well, again, before we get to Peter, Mark, what do you think of this?
1: I mean... Uh... Even just on a play style level, I I would probably agree with it. Like, to Peter's point about wanting to play more aggressive and some of the other things we talked about in the episode, even if you don't think EG's, like, the best team, I think that they are challenging people and trying to push things. Uh, There are some areas where I wish, you know, they were a little bit more consistent on. um, But overall, I mean, I, I do like the approach that the roster seems to have.
0: All right. Peter... That's is is this nice. what you're trying to do? Is it actually yeah. like, who who cares if we go to Worlds, if we lose in group stage? So let's make sure that if we actually get there, we, we have the aggression we need.
2: I, I mean, all I will say is I really like this caller. <laughs> uh, and you should get more of these callers on. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a serious point, the, the, um, so I think Impact and Jizuki have been playing really, really aggressive and, Sometimes you will play too aggressive, and it's funny that whenever people talk about Chizuke, they talk about the times where he tower dives twice against um, Saligo and dies twice, right, to the tower, um, and not about the time where he's 50 CS up against Perks in like the first 10 minutes of the game, right, uh, when Perks has counter pick control, Perks picks Yasuo into Orianna, right, but like the fact that he's pushing his advantage and he's getting these massive leaves against some of the best uh, mid laners in the league, and Impact, I don't need to say anything about Impact. It's obvious that how Impact's been playing, right? But I think that I think that Jizuke I don't think Jizuke is a going flip player. Like, I think that I think that he he plays or people play into it. I mean, I know Impact likes to do it because it it winds it off a little bit but like the the, but like I think that Jizuke has consistently been the best laning mid laner in the league this flip. right? And I, I, I don't think it's even close, right? But you can say that there are other things in the rest of the game that EG as a team need to work on, and you can't just put all of the blame for those things on Chizuke. Like, some of some of it is on Chizuke, but some of it is on his teammates. But if if you're going to look at pure raw stats, like you do for, you know, like the argument for Afari being being MVP, you have to consider Chizuke out And I think that that's only good for the region if you have players who are willing to play like that. Because his stats are insane for Lady. If you If you don't just look at um, champion matchups, but you consider how much he's been roaming, uh, where his numbers are, because he's been roaming really, really a lot, and also how high his matchup is. So, so, so there's there's two different stats you can have. There's stats for how well you're laning versus the other team, but there's also stats for how well you are laning in a matchup versus how 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 far ahead you should be in that matchup versus everyone in the world, right, who's playing that matchup. And if you kind of look at those kind of stats, Chizuke is is really far up. So. I'm really happy working with
0: him this year. Mark, is it undisputed that Jizuke is the best laner or, or mid laner in lane this split?
1: Uh, I mean, using a lot of the metrics that Peter's talking about, yes. Um, I was just looking at the solo kill thing because I knew Jizuke was tied for first in the league previously. What was interesting, though, is I didn't realize Perks had six of his solo kills pre-15 minutes, whereas Jizuke only has three there, but Jizuke has nine solo kills. So I guess a lot of them are coming in side lane situations later on in the game, which was I didn't just looked at it. But in terms of CSD, he's number one in the league. He's got the highest four percent in the league. Um, he's doing it with a pretty middling jungle uh, proximity, um, and like we already said, soul kills are up there, kills assists the are up there. Perks is, is kind of close to in a number of these. I think in that regard, maybe you could argue it back and forth a little bit. Um, that Perks is probably the second best mid laner, and I, I would, you know, want to do a deep dive because they are they are pretty comparable in most of, of their stats. Um, and even just when I think about their gameplay, they both are more aggressive. They both do some things where you're like, Whoa, dude, I don't know about that. Like the Aurelia game for Perks, you know, just to, to give an example that because everyone can think of Jazuki examples, but Perks has done a number of these where you're like, Oh my god, dude. Um, so I would say it's probably between those two. Um, for, for raw laning, uh, it's either Jizuke or perks.
0: Um, Mark, do you think that Jizuke, like Jizuke seems to be one of the players that I see so many people trash on. Um, you know, it, like, it's similar... Even, like, when Ryoma was on 100T for a long time, or, like, there's, just, there's some of these players that, like, the community and some of the pundits tend to, like, gravitate towards to, to trash on um do you think that with Jazuke it's like two like i I, an ignorant pleb watching the lcs i don't know how much of that is deserved i mean obviously setting aside like personal attacks and stuff how much of the criticism is deserved
1: um like a a a portion of it i'd say because i think one of the things and we were talking about this I keep saying we're talking about this on the dot but also I saw like lift and Medios in their co-stream talking about like they were being critical of Someday a little bit, it said, and, uh, and they were talking about how he seems like a player that like gets a free pass when he's underperforming. And I think the ways in which people underperform can vary quite a bit. Um, some players' underperformance does not catch your eye. And I would say that this split, like Jensen has been someone who I think has underperformed to his own level, but he's not like running it down. And so, like, when you look at his own teammate in particular, Tactical gets a lot of the, the flame for, like, oh, why is Team Liquid not dominating the standings this split? Um, and you look at, like, the time he gets stunned as Tristana or does this dumb stuff. Um, but I think there's other times where Jensen has just not been a factor. And I think people gravitate towards the big blow-up mistakes and underperformances. Then they look at the player who just, like, to Peter's point, takes a matchup that should dominate and goes even in the lane. Or something. You know, like if you're taking draft resources and changing the, the way the comp plays to, to theoretically have pressure and be taking turret plates or whatever it is and you're not doing that, that's not as notable as when Jizuke takes Lucian and dashes into a turret and kills himself twice in a row, which happened one of the games of this split. And I think it makes it a lot easier for people to harp on those kinds of players with when their bad moments look like that versus a player who sometimes lacks the confidence to do what the pick is supposed to do or or exploit a, an opening when he could have done it. Um, so I would say the criticism for jazuke is often warranted in the respect that, like, yeah, he does make big, big mistakes that that really catch your eye, but I, I think um, there's, there's other players who are making worse mistakes, you could argue, that it's just not as... As notable, for example,
2: I will say that whenever Jizuke, no matter how um, Jizuke is playing, you know you're going to have fun watching afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's all I will say. Um, but but I think I think really like the the Dignitas game has really kind of affected people's perception of him too much in one direction. Like uh, to to me, I think that he's a lock for, for you know the, what are they called the MVP leagues or like first all, all pro. Yeah, all pro, right? Uh, I think he's a lock for all pro. But um where you rank him is is um is is entirely like I can see the arguments at every like if you prefer somebody more consistent then fine. But if he doesn't even make all pro, then that's I lose faith in Switzerland.
0: Mark <laughs> <laughs> you, are you gonna vote say... for Jazuka if you're all Because otherwise Peter Dunn might lose faith in you
1: uh i haven't thought about it uh for mid lane at all i would say that my Jizuke and poe were two that i was leaning towards and then the third was pretty open and maybe it is Chizuke. i i haven't honestly like i said i haven't even thought about my mvp third third spot yet uh so i don't know maybe maybe even if i end up you know making the right decision in peter's mind i have a feeling that he will be disappointed in the region it, uh come, yeah, come the I, reveal I, suspect...
2: I mean i've seen power rankings that put like Jazuke is like eighth best mid laner in the league, like on laning and like holding. Uh, <laughs> did, we, did
1: we do power rankings for mids this split? I don't think we got to them. I think it was too compressive a season.
2: I mean, I mean, somebody somebody linked me like a power ranking. I don't know who did it, but it was like they had RJS as like four and like Jazuke as eight and things like this, and I was just thinking completely wrong. Um, but I can't I can't remember where I saw it. But m- maybe it was just like a, somebody trolling. I don't know. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I I don't I don't think I saw it either. Unfortunately, I would love to have seen it.
0: Is perks guaranteed to be on an all pro, Mark?
1: <laughs> Wait, what you said, Mark. Do you remember any other play but Lucian game that you thought was in? <laughs> um, it's a blur between when these games were in lock in or not. Because there was was there a Zoe game that I'm trying to remember. Was that a lock in game? There was a play that also stands out from from a Zoe game that was super. Super ridiculous. I P- can't remember. Peter, them.
0: do you remember? Did Jizuke have a big? Uh, a, 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 Peter was adjusting his mask, but yeah, did, I have that. did you? Did he have a big Zoe game during uh, after lock in, like during the regular season?
1: I mean,
0: Empire says it was lock in versus Dignitas. It was yeah, lock in,
1: maybe. It was lock-in. It was lock-in. Okay, so, so you so don't even remember to that? That even proves my point with Jizuke calling me out like that. Is that like the big moments? when he does like that zoe game they just get like implanted into your brain because because yep. it's just it just sticks out to you uh um,
0: yeah, says because to me i have been consistent every game but that this split at least
2: i, yeah. I mean look I, but so so this remember we had the caller earlier who who, who raised that point about uh, academy and i think this this like how how these things fit in your mind for academy is actually a self selecting process but what I will say that a lot of things that have been counted as ints are not actually ints, right? Like if there was a situation where, I know you're going to look at the games later, Mark, but like against Cloud9, the game we lost against Cloud9, where he takes Tier 1 tower, fudge TP's on him, and five people collapse on him, and they just kill him for free. Well, they kill him after he takes the tower, and then we get mid-Tier 1, and we get like full tempo on the map, and we get full, we take all the jungle camps on the bot side, and people in the post-match thread are like, oh my god, Jazuka inted so hard here, and he's inted the whole game. But actually, if you're sending five people to kill him, and we're getting objectives, fine, great, I, I love it, right? But, yeah. but I, I I will say that the um that that you know if, if you play this kind of game, uh, I wish people would remember more his like rice game against CLG and less his,
1: uh, yeah. game. or or his echo game, which was I thought really good too yeah, yeah. with the yeah. sport switching and stuff. Uh, another good example of this is so I was looking quickly at the deaths per game, and Jazuke is second in the league in deaths per game. Sure. And only one worse is a Blaze Olive. And I think that's another thing that people will over-gravitate towards, you could say, for a negative stat. Um, when you say, okay, he's died the second most times of any mid laner in the league. Clearly not consistent, right? Um, but you can also say, well, some players are KDA players. And that's something you would never say about uh, sure. And the, But the KDA player insult or 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 negging of that is something that is harder to reinforce than just saying hey look at this big number I don't like Uh, which is another thing that I think for even myself you know when you you start checking your biases it's like yeah that's something that I'm probably biased towards which is the big bad number that I see
2: but obviously you can't have all players being KDA players or or, or all players being like I've got, Jizuke's in the chat, right? Always being like aggressive players, right? You know, and you've got to have a balance in the team um, and obviously, like, it's obvious who's being aggressive on our team and who's playing cleanup, right? But you can't yep. have a team that has nobody playing cleanup,
1: Right, which is funny when you we talk about KDA players because that was the big rub on Defly for a long time that people held against him was, oh, he's the, he's the KDA player, but if you have one player, like, Jizuke is willing to start the fights in a lot of ways, and then you have the players willing to, like, oh, it looks looks like a good one i'll 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 follow up and clean up you know like that is to your point um the balance that that teams need to find
0: just a, a quick question since we're talking about mid laners and we were talking a little bit about all pro so mark poe jensen jizuke perks like it's an interesting situation right because one of those can't make it into your all pro I'm just, I kind of yeah. want to challenge you on that and see, you know, you think Jazuke probably up there.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's especially weird too, because eventually you get into the thing where we're talking about the playstyles, And I think like the person I'm comparing with like POE and say Jizuke are pretty far apart in the spectrum of champion pool, role in the team, uh, play style, like POE generally plays scaling mages and doesn't, Play aggressively through laning phase a ton, unless it's like during sword out rooms or speak against he's coordinating with his team. Whereas Jizuke, like we were talking about with the solo kills, will push his own advantages quite aggressively. Um, whereas Poe only has two solo kills the whole split, uh, okay. but he's playing scaling mages, and his role in this team is to do that. So like, am I gonna cr- like when you start comparing, it's, it starts to be a little apples to oranges, and at some point you just pick pick one that you kind of yeah. thought was better.
2: And, and to be clear, like when I said I lose faith in in the region, it's not that I don't think you can justify not putting jizuke on the team, right? Like I, I think you can make an argument that the three of the other three guys should be there. But it just shows that you're valuing safety, you're valuing like scaling, you're you're valuing like Yeah, you're valuing like all the things that I I, I don't maybe maybe I maybe I don't value those things high enough, right? That's all I was say. But, cool. but it's about what you're valuing when you make that
1: pick yeah I think uh, I don't know it's it's tough because you also on the outside never have an idea of what's going on uh, in the team for, for why people play this way or what, they, what they're exactly. trying to do exactly.
0: alright well uh, NSA uh, is there anything that you would like to shout out before we close out the show sorry I know that we kind of took over your topic and went long with it but Hopefully yeah, okay. It happens um, Anything you want to shout out?
9: Yeah, uh, I'd like to shout out Tim Sevenhusen. Sevenhuesen I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that uh, He does some really great content on Academy And he runs a great stat site called Oracles Elixir and you should go check him out as well as run oh. it
0: Yeah, run it, thank god I was worried you were going to shout out <laughs> everything he does Except for the show he does with me uh, Yeah, thanks for the shout out I think Tim is great and uh, doesn't get enough attention So I appreciate it um, That's yeah everybody go watch run it on my my channel and then afterwards you can check out the other stuff tim does thanks so much nsa for the call all right that is the show uh mark what do you got to plug uh
1: nothing nothing doing
0: really you got nothing
1: uh check out my my twitter to see a a cute Uh, bakery looking cafe set up at my house, my apartment.
0: That's um, okay. Well, go check, go, go check out Mark's Twitter so that you can see that stuff. That's great. Really appreciate it. Um, Peter, what do you got for us? What do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug?
2: Just to say thank you for having me on uh, and go check out the um, Amateur Academy Proving Ground Circuit um, that's going on right now giant slayers tournament uh, is going on we've got both eg academy and eg prodigies in it it's been a really fantastic tournament so far go and promote go and support you know promotion of um development of any that's all i said
0: didn't you say that there was going to be there was a potential matchup between the two
2: it happened today the matchup was not the races. both games were decided. oh the that's right that's what you were plugging
0: <laughs> in the beginning yes
2: so, it wasn't the greatest series, but yeah, uh, go watch it. Um, Proven Grounds is a great system that Riot have put in place this year, uh, giving the amateur teams the ability to show their level, giving people that didn't get the chance to turn around to those scouts and say, you know, screw you guys. Like, you should have picked me instead of whoever you picked. And I think it's a great initiative. It's going to be great for any talent in the future. Go support it. Go watch it.
0: What scouts? Uh, I mean, it's it's an interesting concept you have there that, People in North America would be watching these games and scouting them for talent. Uh, <laughs>
2: I saw they, Papa Smith in the game today. I saw Papa Smith in the game.
0: Okay, so he's there at least. Um, <laughs> Empire says, who scouts the scouts? Anyway, thank you so much, Peter. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I really appreciate, as always, the show. Uh, yeah, Peter, 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 thanks for coming on, and best of luck in playoffs. Sorry, mid-season showdown. Uh, For me, I've got some other cool stuff coming out this week. I did a bunch of interviews So go check those out. Um, They'll be on my channel this week. We have a run it Coming where we are going to I think I think Tim is going to simulate a full Like bracket essentially for all of midseason showdown where he uses some stats to like basically, you know pretend those are the stats that allow you to win And then see what the whole bracket is. And then we'll be able to compare that against the results. So completely unscientific. And who knows if uh, it will end up being anything. But how cool would it be if he gets it all right? Tune in and run it to find out. Um, But, yeah, thanks, everyone. This has been Hotline League, episode 164.